How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Yell in a Cell Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Zachary Weinberger, here with JP Acosta, my co-host. First of all, JP, how's it going? Um, It's going great, man. It's been a really great week of wrestling. Um, I'm excited. This These uh, episodes of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT were a doozy, if I could use a word uh, that's not good or bad. It was a doozy, so I'm glad to break it down. I'm excited to talk about it as well, but as if you heard JP correctly, we are talking about Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. We covered AEW Dynamite on our previous episode, if you want to go listen to that one. We not only covered AEW Dynamite this past week, but we also covered AEW Revolution and talking about its explosive ending. Uh, for podcast listeners, I use the bunny ears and explosives, you, you know, if you know, you know. So we talked about those those two stuff. We talked about the events that happened there, the matches or predictions. Good times there. Check it out. If you want to check it out before, come back to this one or watch this and go back to that. Do whatever you please. But we're talking about the WWE shows this week and even maybe sprinkling in some news. I'll, I'll give you some news right now, JP, real quick, as it happened this past weekend, Andrade. He has not been on TV uh, since last year for sure. I remember that the last thing he did uh, that kind of sent him off into the like p- pain of existence. It was kind of book people. It was Selena Vega and Andrade. And they got attacked by the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. I remember that was the last thing they were in. And then we haven't seen any of them since. Obviously, we know what happened with Vega. With Andrade, he recently, this past week, asked for his release. WWE denied it. JP, thoughts on that? Oh, they denied it? They denied it. I figured they were going to deny it. Um, I'm looking it up on Cage Match right now. I'm trying to figure out what was the last match that he had. But, uh, oh, wow. Um, so his last match was October 12th of 2020. So he hasn't been on TV in a long time. And that was even, that was on main event. So he hasn't been on TV in a long time. I understand wanting to get out of, get out of a place where you're not feeling like you're being used in the best way. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, because... I don't think they would accept his like release request. I, I figured they're going to deny it because he is a very talented wrestler. But what are they going to do? Are they going to use him correctly? Or are they even going to have him on TV at all? That's really the biggest question. And it's going to be interesting because you don't have Zelina Vega anymore. So it's just, gonna, it feels like it's going to be a massive like, it's going to be a whole massive thing for a long time because even with like yeah. with John Moxley or Dean Ambrose, they gave him that release request right away. I'm not sure if they, um, did they accept FTR's release request initially? I don't think they did. And I don't think they did it for uh, Brody Lee either, but it's just going to be interesting to see what ends up happening. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much on the same boat there. It's just kind of weird how they deny these people's requests. Again, not the first time. I remember it was reported that Alistair Black wanted to be go wanted to go back to NXT, and they denied that as well. It's when you when they deny these guys' requests, you might make it seem like oh maybe they do have plans and they actually want to use them. But uh, it's been like you said, like his last match was was last year, uh, and it's just again even Alistair Black. He was if you remember the WWE draft that they had. 
Uh, he was drafted to SmackDown, and he hasn't been on since. Um, whether you could say that's because of what happened with Selena Vega because they're in a relationship or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Andrade, listen, he's one of the better wrestling talents that WWE has right now, and it's a, it's a shame they can't use him. You could say that maybe in the promo department, obviously with his accent and the, with the way he does talk, maybe he's not there yet. That's why Selena Vega was such a good pairing with him. But even Charlotte Flair, who's in a relationship with Andrade, it was reported that she pitched an idea. Actually, she said it herself. She pitched an idea to WWE about them being an on-screen couple. They shut it down. So I don't know what's the, the, the problem here. All we know is I what, if he does leave and he goes to another promotion, I, I, I have no reason to believe he won't be successful because, again, his in-ring talent is absolutely extraordinary. I recently actually just watched his, his match with, with Johnny Gargano at TakeOver in Philadelphia, I believe. I think that's the first ever five-star NXT match, and it was warranted because it was an absolute banger. Um, and Andrade just proves why he is, and he had the match with Aleister Black stuff like that. So it's, it sucks hearing it. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, listen, I want him to stay in WWE. I think he could be in the main title picture if he wants to, but he, I, I think that on his own, he's going to struggle when it comes to talking. And that's why he needs sort of that mouthpiece, um, which is sucks because when Selena Vega left, it, it really did hurt him. It hurt him a ton. So um, we'll see where he goes. Um, and obviously he hasn't been on TV since. So we'll, we'll keep up with that as we will, but let's go into raw here. Let's start off. Um, new WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, who beat the Miz and just destroyed him, uh, last week after the Miz tried to escape three times, one with cramps, two in a count out, and then he got another rematch and he got destroyed. Uh, this time around, we see Bobby Lashley in a suit walking with the herd Miz with their titles. They have all the gold so far. It's great to see. He says, you know, the almighty era has began, has began. And the opening match is the rematch. Miz versus Bobby Lashley. The Miz comes out, and he gives a pretty good promo just talking about how WWE had just screwed him over because, you know, he he won fair and square, you can say, in that count-out win or whatever, um, and just talking about how he doesn't know how Bobby Lashley, how, how him as a champion could be, whatever. Um, but then Ashley, Lashley enters, and he has a new kind of presentation with his entrance, lightning strikes the ramp. You get the almighty, the whole presentation of the video package. Awesome stuff. Uh, he comes to the ring. They have a match. And it's, again, pretty... He dominates the Miz. But the Miz kind of gets a little bit in there. And I remember they went to the outside. And Bobby Lashley tried to drive uh, the Miz's face into the corner pose. The Miz reverses. That's pretty much the only action the Miz gets. He gets something on the outside, but he gets back into the ring. And again, Bobby Lashley just absolutely destroys him and retains his title. Bobby Lashley, so you're still uh, WWE champion. Um, and that's the way to kick off the show. JP, uh, what did you think of this one? I honestly liked it. And it's not really because of like the match itself. It's because they're making Bobby Lashley look like a really big deal with having the suits entrance with um, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, and Cedric Alexander. They kind of look like evolution how they all wore suits. It looks really cool. It makes them look really dope. The new entrance and the Titan Tron and the lightning strike in the ramp, it's all making Bobby Lashley look like a real serious deal, like a really huge thing. Like this is the WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, not just like some dude named Bobby Lashley. The match itself, again, you knew who was going to win. You knew it was going to be in dominant fashion. I really didn't have a problem with it, but I really enjoy the presentation of Bobby Lashley. So it gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah, I mean, enjoyed it too. Listen, I we've talked about how we wanted Bobby Lashley to be champion, and now it's happened. Um, we'll see. At the end of the show, after at the end, after we talk about Raw, I do want to talk with you about maybe the WrestleMania plans for the WWE Championship. 
where that's going to go when it comes to Bobby Lashley, and especially when it comes to Drew McIntyre. And speaking of Drew McIntyre, he does a backstage interview uh, pretty much talking to Bobby Lashley, saying, how come you gave The Miz another chance when I'm right here? It seems like you're scared of me, whatever. He's pretty much talking down to Bobby Lashley. But Sheamus attacks him from behind. He he uh, pretty much lays him out with some car- with some cartons and some boxes nearby. And afterwards, Drew McIntyre is just absolutely uh, annoyed and frustrated that he got attacked from behind. Turns out we're going to see a street fight between those two later tonight. Uh, so, so I want to move on. We're going to talk about Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman here. Um, and they have two segments throughout the night, but we're just going to pair them up right here and just get through this because I, we need to, yeah, this has been, uh, I, I can't wait to talk about it. So thumbs it up there. Yeah, it was just, we'll talk about it. So the first segment we get is pretty much Braun Strowman demanding an apology as he, as he's coming to the through backstage, our truth does stop him and, you know, kind of gives him an apology of his own. Even because, but he doesn't realize that he wanted an apology from Shane McMahon. But our truth, whatever he mentions, how he he's sorry for ruining Hornswoggle's wedding. You know, our truth. I mean, always the savior of the show. It seems like. Um, but Braun Strowman comes out to the ring. He demands the apology. Shane McMahon comes out. He comes to the ring. He goes up to Braun Strowman's face and says, "I apologize," and leaves. And as he's leaving on the ramp, he turns around. He looks like he's about to say something on the microphone, and doesn't. And he's like, "Never mind," and leaves. That's the first segment. That's the first segment we get. Uh, let's go to the second segment because it's just uh, absolutely oh, insane. Segment. Yeah, that second segment. So Shane McMahon comes to the ring. He has Braun Strowman to come out. And um, he just doesn't say anything. He's like, never mind. And he just leaves. And then he's walking down the ramp. And he turns He he turns. He turns around. And he's like, you know, he gets the mic to his to his mouth. And he's just like. Never mind. And they and then he's just playing like these mind games. Uh so he leaves the ring and he's st- stuttering a couple times here. And he says, you know, never I would never would I ever explicitly call you stupid. And um he leaves. Strowman is just like me, kind of confused, because I am as well. Uh they leave and Shimon Man just like he says some snide remark and he runs away. And then you see a, a white like SUV car like drive off pretty rushedly, and Brunswick's like, whatever, and he leaves off. And then we see Shaman Man come into frame, and he says, "He's so stupid." And that's it. So, so let, let me start here real quick. Um, I was, I, I, I was very confused watching this. I thought in the times that Shane McMahon was having the mic and he didn't talk, I thought he forgot his lines. I got to be real. I thought he forgot his lines. And I'm just like, okay, is he trying to like improvise here? I don't really know, but you know, reports say, you know, that's how it's supposed to happen. It was so the weirdest. Hard, Mike. It was, it was the weirdest segment I've seen in wrestling in a long time. And we have, and we're on the same show where we see Brandy Orton kind of cough up black something like some sort of goo. And we see the whole Alexa Bliss fiend thing. I just found this to be very odd. And then I realized, okay, we're probably going to get a Braun Strowman Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania because of this. I wouldn't see why not. All because Shane McMahon calls him stupid. That that is worthy of a WrestleMania match. Um, it was just 
bad. <laughs> so JP, let me let me ask you. Let me ask you a couple questions. First of all, thoughts on both segments and two. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but like you know, after seeing this segment, are you are you? Uh, I know we said the one thing that could save that match is if Shane McMahon jumps off the pirate ship, which I mean, I still want to see. Don't get me wrong, but um, the thoughts on their wrestle possible WrestleMania match? <laughs> what was that? What was that segment? That was my actual reaction. I was sitting there and I was like, what is this? Because all he, all Shane was doing was literally just like doing this with the microphone. <sighs> he was breathing heavily, yeah. He was breathing so hard into the microphone. I thought he was like having like a heart problem or something. Then Braun just standing there real stupid. And it's literally like that meme of like P. Diddy and that other dude looking at each other, that gif. It's really just that. But it's live television. It's just so much awkward silence. And it doesn't benefit anybody. Like, I don't understand the whole crux of this whole, like, rivalry being called, based upon Shane McMahon calling Braun Strowman stupid. It doesn't matter. Braun can flip over a semi-truck. I don't need him to, like, be real smart. Just flip over some semi-trucks. Pull down some scaffolding. Toss Shane McMahon outside of Raymond James Stadium. Like, toss him from the top of Raymond James Stadium to the outside. That's it. That's all we needed for this. Just have Braun beat up Shane McMahon for a little bit. Shane jumps jump off of something crazy. And then we're good. I would be interested. But I'm not interested in this WrestleMania match. Not at all. I mean, cool. Shane could save it by, like, jumping off the pirate ship at Raymond James. But nothing about this is exciting. Like, literally, not a thing. It's so... Like, this is so stupid. I, I To me, you know, I, I, I really want to be in the creative kind of team and, and see what they were kind of thinking when making this. Because to me, again, it's like, maybe this, you know, we talk about how the two days of WrestleMania is really good. And I, and I still think it is. But then you, I really hope it's not like they're just trying to fill in a match and have Shane McMahon be at a WrestleMania. You know, I don't know. It's like, and also to me, the, the, the part is, is like, you know, I, are, we're supposed to be rooting for Braun Strowman here. I think that's the, the, what's going on here. And I, and I, I couldn't care less because I, I, they're making Braun Strowman look like an absolute idiot and just kind of a bumbling giant. Um, and again, I, I think I'm, I'm going to kind of repeat what Tom Campbell of Cultaholic Wrestling said, you know, when talking about this episode, talk about this episode of Raw, he was like, you know, for a company that really likes big, strong men battling with each other, they don't really book them that well, you know, like Braun Strowman. Um, it's just, it's just kind of weird. It's just really weird and it's bad. And I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to this match at all. Or for WrestleMania, again, we could see, uh, Chain jump off the pirate ship and that'd be great, but is that's not really worth it now? Just looking at how they're setting this up. I mean, again, we have an episode of Raw tonight. They're probably going to be continuing to forward this on in what way I, I'm scared to think about now, but I don't know. It's just it's just not that good. Braun's best moments on the main roster have been when he doesn't talk and he just destroys stuff and destroys people. His feud with Roman Reigns was really interesting and really fun because all he did was throw chairs at Roman and put him through an ambulance, like put him through an ambulance. That's, that stuff is fun for Braun Strowman. That's the things that he should be doing, not being called stupid by Shane McMahon and having him chase him around. I feel like, like Tom Campbell said, for loving big guys, they really don't know how to book them because 
booking Braun Strowman as a big dummy really, again, doesn't matter when he can put, flip over a semi-truck. Like, if he flips a semi on the Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman will be the good guy in this. That's just because he flipped over a semi. But nobody's good in this. Nobody's bad in this. Every, actually, everything is bad in this. Everybody is a bad guy because nobody likes this. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, it's just it's just not good. So we'll see how it develops into, into tonight. And then obviously we have just several more weeks until we reach WrestleMania. So uh, it seems like we're going to get this at WrestleMania. I, I, I don't see what this is going to be leading up to. So we'll see. I doubt they're going to be like, okay, Fastlane. We'll just fast track this and put it for Fastlane. I doubt it. So let's move on. Up next is the no disqualification match between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. They had a absolute banger of a match the previous week. Awesome match. It's in my top 10 matches of the year. It was that good. Please watch it if you haven't. Um, and they have another good one here, if I'm being real. I was very worryful about this when they announced them. Like, okay, now you're just kind of fast-striking another one with just a little bit of a more stakes here. But I was pleasantly surprised. This was a really good one. I, and again, when these two in the, are in the ring together, it's just their chemistry is so good. And maybe it's because obviously they've known each other for so long. They've been best friends for 20 years now. So you're probably expected, but still, man, I, every time they're with the ring, they, it just, it, it, the stakes of their friendship on the line there is just really good. So what a couple things that happen here again, they, they attack each other before the match here uh, and they get in the ring. Each guy, the kendo stick was absolutely crazy using this match. There's a picture that was released after, I think after raw, of the, of the shots on the back. And obviously Randy Orton used that for soldier boys kind of, you know, for their beef going on right now, <laughs> oh, um, God. which I mean that, that comment that Randy Orton made, well, we could talk about it a little later, but it was, um, it was, it, it, it was an absolute insane match. Obviously they struck each other in the back so many times they used chairs. Um, they get back in the ring. It comes to a moment where McIntyre, he does a big superplex, but she was responsible with a white noise leading to a near fall. McIntyre blocks a steel chair shot, which is awesome to see. Added one of his own in there. He did a future shock DDT for, for the two count. And then he was doing it. He was about to set up a claymore. Sheamus catches him with a chair, he, which is great because, again, my favorite type of chair shots is when a guy just literally hurls a chair into the guy's face. <laughs> it's just a great – you don't really see that that much in WWE, but, like, Sheamus did erect his McIntyre's face. It was great. Um and then, and then after that, uh, he did a jumping knee strike. And then outside the so outside the ring, both of these guys have the same idea. They get two steel steps. They collide at each other full force. And I think McIntyre goes over the railing, and Sheamus is just like down on the floor. And the referee he calls it off. He says, "Okay, these these two are not ready to fight." Um, and he just calls off the match. So, and then afterwards, we kind of see like McIntyre and Sheamus kind of stumbling up or whatever. So. I thought it was a, a pretty damn good match. It's just that the ending, again, it didn't end up with with anybody winning there. Um, my feeling before the match is like, okay, maybe they'll have McIntyre win that first match that they had the previous week. Maybe Sheamus finds a way to win the second one, and then they'll have the rubber match at Fastlane. Um, we didn't get a winner here, but I feel like we're going to get some sort of match at Fastlane to kind of um, maybe like a last man standing match or something, just so you, no referee can really get involved there, which I mean, I'd be down to see again, anytime these guys are in the ring, it seems they put on magic. So why not give them a match at fast lane? So JP thoughts on the thoughts on the match thoughts on the finish with the whole, you know, no contest sort of thing. 
Um, and what do you what are your thoughts on the third match possibly being a last man standing at a fast line? Man, we need more wrestlers who are best friends fighting each other, like in WWE, in wrestling in general. Because the chemistry between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus is off the charts. They produce every time. Like, every time they fight, it looks like they want to beat the crap out of each other. And it's absolutely amazing. Um, the ending was kind of weird, but I understand it because there's really nowhere else to go from here. Now that you've ended a no disqualification and no contest, Drew McIntyre won a regular match. Where do you go from here? Because it's going to happen at Fastlane. You can't go back to having like a regular match. You can't just say it's regular pinfall. And my idea I just thought about, and this is going to be taking a page from AEW. Why don't you do a lights out unsanctioned match? That way, no refs can get involved. They're just, you have the whole stadium to yourself just to fight. Make, do an unsanctioned match, um, three stages of hell. Um, I don't know if last man standing would be good because they've already done a last man standing this year with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns and Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Rhea Ripley had a last woman standing match. So it feels like they kind of are like, I'm not gonna say like making it stale, but they're kind of making it a little stale and same with steel cage. You can't do a steel cage match. That literally just happened on SmackDown like uh, last week. Um, like I said, unsanctioned match. Um, I don't know, man. First Blood, maybe? That'd be interesting. That'd, that'd be something that we haven't seen in the WWE in a long time. A First Blood match. Maybe an I Quit match. I feel like an I Quit match would be good for this because neither of them really, like, wanted to stop fighting. But, like I said, there's nowhere else to go with this other than, like, they literally have to try and kill each other in a different kind of match than just a regular like pinfall for pinfall match maybe they should do an exploding barbed wire death match oh yeah. I'd, be good. I'd be good with that no but you know i i completely agree um i wouldn't mind a last man standing match even though we had pretty much i mean technically two of those this year i think it fits the story uh and the, the the unsanctioned match is probably probably where it's gonna go i feel i feel that's a good stipulation for them to go at it even though again we're gonna see that um Wednesday, uh, with the uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. So, and we're getting we're getting Fastlane this Sunday. So maybe they won't do that just so just so you know, like okay, we're not watching their product, whatever. I don't know. Um, but it's definitely going to be some sort of stipulation, and uh, you know, a first blood one. I doubt they're going to do it just because. Again, we haven't seen it in like I feel like over a decade for sure. But I feel like a first blood match. They need to save that for in a really intense sort of rivalry if they're going to do that. Yeah, definitely. I can I, I can already see. Are you trying to search up the last first blood match? Yes, I'm looking at the last first blood match. That um, it was a, a long time ago. That's for, I, I'm for sure it's a long time ago. The last um, first blood match was 2008 John Cena versus JBL at One Night Stand. Oh boy. So, yes, over 10 years. Um, which again, I mean, I'm trying to see what rival can use it. I mean, maybe this one, but usually, like, I don't know, like. Blood and WWE nowadays, it's used sometimes, but it's not like as a crazy use as it was used back in like early WWE, more more so early 2000s. Like I remember when JBL and John Cena had a uh, just a regular just no disqualification match, Judgment Day 2005, and JBL's face was just absolutely like a waterfall of blood, and we see that kind of all around as well. Um, like 
Dustin Rhodes double or nothing when the just it just falls right on his face. So it would be interesting to see. But again, whatever it is, it should be a really good one. And at Fastlane, it's I would say that at Fastlane, I mean, besides you know Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, which we'll talk about a little later. Uh, that has to be my most anticipated measure that night. I, I don't think we'll see a WWE Championship match. Maybe we will. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but we move on. Xavier Woods versus Shelton Benjamin here. And they announce, excuse me, that t- the next week or today, it's gonna, they're going to have a Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Hurt Misses are going to take on the New Day, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. So we've seen them have pretty good battles in the past. Another goal is probably going to be happening here. But this time around, uh, a pretty short one. As um, Woods rolls up Benjamin at the end there for a pretty quick win, we get a couple, you know, we get a couple of minutes here of Benjamin and Woods kind of going at it. Um, we see it kind of a, starting off with a rear chin lock from Benjamin to Woods there. Woods overcame it. Um, Benjamin throughout the match, you know, he's firing strikes, followed with a sunset sunset flip for a two. Benjamin survives that, but then got caught talking trash to Kingston. Woods rolls him up for the win. So pretty short. Um, but the best thing about this easily, and I think JP will agree here, I, I'll let him take the floor on this, is their Mortal Kombat style oh, yes. of of like ring attire that they had, Kofi and uh, Xavier Woods. So, JP, thoughts on the match and thoughts on that? So, the match served its purpose. You know, they're kind of, they said like in a couple weeks, the New Day will face the Hurt Business for the tag titles. They really didn't, they really gave us that before they gave us this match. So, you had to build some kind of tension. That does it does its job. I don't know if the New Day will win or not because the Hurt Business is on a roll, but I don't know. You really can't. There's no other tag team you can really go to at like WrestleMania for the Hurt Business other than like the New Day again. So I feel like there might be a screwy finish tonight. There could be, but I'm not sure. Um, their attire, absolutely awesome. Stunning. Um, Xavier Woods was Sub-Zero and uh, Kofi Kingston was Scorpion. I actually noticed it because they had the, the unicorn that they normally have on their gear in the Mortal Kombat style, like dragon. And it was shaded like that. I'm like, wait, that's from Mortal Kombat. And I see like, oh, it's Mortal Kombat gear. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And like Ed Boone, the dude who voices Scorpion, retweeted it, said it looked awesome. That is just really cool. The New Day are the best, one of the best when it comes to uniform or uh, gear, ring gear. And this was really, really cool to see. Now, I just want to see him do Liu Kang. Kung Lao. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool as well. Yeah. Um, in, enjoyed it. Again, like you said, served this purpose. I want to say this. I, I definitely think the Herd Business will retain their titles today. I don't see the New Day kind of taking it, especially with Bobby Lash, the champion. You want to have the Herd Business has, have as many gold as possible, um, maybe heading into WrestleMania even. So um, I think when it comes to – because here's the thing. The Herd Business as tag team champions, they kind of got away from – Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin kind of like being at odds with one another, which is great to see. Um, but their defenses and their kind of, you know, booking has been kind of a little weird. Their last title defense was against Braun Strowman and Adam Pierce. Um, so that should just tell you all you need to hear. Well, I mean, so I kind of think of that as not like on the hurt business themselves or like the booking themselves, but they don't have a lot of tag teams on Raw. Like the New Day just got back. Kofi just got healthy. And, like, you can do the Lucha House Party again for the tag titles, but they just lost a tag title match before the feud with the New Day. Um, I mean, I can't even name another tag team off the top of my head. That's on Raw. I can't either. 
I can't either. <laughs> uh, Lucha again. You have Lucha House Party. You got the Herd Business. You got the New Day. Um, wow. Okay. So I mean, you can do you make. Keep you keep talking. I'll look it up. You can make Damian Priest and Bad Bunny tag team champions. Do that. Who cares? Um, Miz and Morrison. Oh yeah, Miz and Morrison, but they're kind of preoccupied. They are preoccupied. They'll be heel heel, so it really wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense. So, um, retribution. Retribution, I guess. Yeah, it's not uh, a really weak division. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Fightful released this on um, March 5th. So here are the tag teams that are listed. Elias and Jackson Riker. Oh, boy. The Hurt Business. Miz and Morrison. Lucha House Party. The New Day and Retribution. And the Hurt Business has already fought Lucha House Party and the New Day. Where do you go from here, man? And I said it on a previous episode, but it really sucks that the War Raiders or the Viking Raiders are injured. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Perfect compliment to uh, the Hurt Business and even the New Day. So you really don't know where they're going to go from here. Um, I mean, just kind of spitballing here. What if they use the match at Fastlane to turn Sheamus and Drew McIntyre into a tag team? I don't know, but you really don't have a lot of places to go with this tag division. Yeah, you really don't. I, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre being tag team champions, I don't know, because Sheamus is – Drew McIntyre is definitely going to be involved in a title match at WrestleMania. To me, there's just there's no question about it. Who knows? Um, but we'll see if, if we get something – again, I think it's going to be either a screwy finish. I, I definitely don't think that New Day are going to leave – Raw with the tag team champions uh, championships tonight. Again, the Hurt Businesses are on a roll, especially mo- mostly because of Bobby Lashley. But again, the Hurt Businesses are really good tag team, man. I'm enjoying what Cedric and Sheldon have been doing. Hey, it should be a good match for the most of it, though. So uh, speaking of enough, speaking of championship matches, uh, that was set up really at this match. For, well, next up, we get Riddle versus Slapjack of R- R- Retribution. Riddle has been facing the members of Retribution like everybody does when they're in a rivalry Retribution ricochet wherever the hell he's at he's he, he did that too um i'm for now i'm forgetting the other guy oh xavier woods did that as well so uh, people have been doing it and riddle's been going through it um and i'll tell you what man not bad match between him and slapjack i hate to say i hate to say it again um which by the way before the match started uh you know as jp loves to see when riddle does his backstage uh, promos and interviews uh he told the new day to go ahead and watch his scooter and then, of course, the New Day, they're like, they, they were enthusiastically so excited to, to accept that offer that they were just playing with the scooter. So, hey, man, good stuff there. Um, but Matt Riddle and Slapjack, they have, they have a match. Not bad, but we get to kind of the little bit of the, of the middle and the ending here where um, Slapjack kind of recovers from, from some attacks from uh, Matt Riddle, uh, but turns it in his favor. Uh, but Riddle answers them with a final flash knee. Slapjack recovers, delivers his own strikes. Slapjack has a nice drop kick, by the way. Just thought I should mention it. it's, it's not bad. Um, for a near fall, but Riddle fights back. He hits the bro Derek for the win here, and Riddle defeats Slapjack. Um, so, but after this, we we get the announcement that Riddle will defend his United States Championship against Mustafa Ali uh, tonight. So we're getting two championship matches: the tag for the tag team championships, and then for the United States title, which. 
should be it should be a really good one i if i'm being honest those two guys in the ring if they get some time that could be a possible match of the night we'll see um jp thoughts on this match and thoughts on matt, matt riddle versus ali for the championship um it was a fun little sprint match like i said i do not want to hear matt riddle cutting promos like really ever again although the new day made this one kind of funny because like after uh the show had ended they posted a video of um they're just hanging around backstage like pretend like Kofi was riding around on the scooter and Xavier Woods was on like the little injury carts that they have. And Matt came back to him and was like, hey, where's the scooter? He's like, yeah, it's right here. We saw some stuff that was in your bag. It was like, it was like some brownies or something. And we had some brown and we uh, took some of the brownies. And they're like, how many did you have? And he's like, oh, I think like three of them. So it that was kind of funny, but it was kind of like after the show and they posted it on social media. So that was kind of funny. It was a sprint match. You knew Riddle. You knew Riddle was gonna win. Uh, Slapjack looked good in the ring. I think uh, Slapjack, or previously Shane Thorne, is a very good wrestler. Um, this Mustafa Ali versus uh, Riddle. I keep saying Matt Riddle, but Riddle match could be match of the night if they give it time. I'm really interested to see where Retribution goes from here because you can't keep having them lose all these title matches because it makes them lose legitimacy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I think Riddle's gonna get away with it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't I would think maybe that league might win this title. We'll see. Again, if they give it time, I think that could be a really good match between those two guys for the United States Championship. So why not? I just think Molly and Retribution needs something, you know, and maybe maybe it's the United States Championship. Who knows? Uh, but we move on and we kind of get what what's been happening with kind of Randy Orton and and Alexa Bliss and stuff like that. But but first we get an interview backstage with AJ Styles who pretty much, with Omos, obviously, who pretty much calls him weak, calls Randy Orton weak and stuff like that. Um, and then Randy Orton comes up and he says, like, you know, that I could beat you. He pretty much just challenges him to a match later tonight. And Styles says, absolutely sure, but you're going to have to deal with him as well, which is Omos. So main event's going to be AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Sure, why not? Uh, but we move on. And we move on to the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Naomi and Lana... This was at this happened at like 10 30 p.m. That's a good point to make. This it was um it was like International Women's Day. <laughs> and we hadn't seen a women woman on the show until like what JP just said. We did get a promo. I don't know if it was before or after, but it was of like Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke it talking, but it was after. But let's just talk about that real quick. That was also a really weird uh promo because it was just them talking about their title aspirations i guess not for the tag team titles they just said you know for the women's title aspirations they say that oscar has a concussion they say that oscar has a concussion because of that kick by Shayna baszler um and charlotte flair just comes interrupts their thing and just says like you know you guys got to prove to me that you're worthy of of the raw women's championship i'm not the raw women's championship but you got to prove to me um that and then I, I just found that weird. I was just like, well, okay, get it in context because she is like the measuring stick for the division. Ugh. But like, just thinking about it as a whole, this has been a really, really bad time for the Raw Women's title because if the reports were true, Lacey Evans was supposed to win it at Elimination Chamber. That didn't happen. Asuka gets concussion, so she's probably not going to be wrestling on Fast Lane. Who knows if she'll be there for WrestleMania? Where do you really go from here? It's been kind of just a series of unfortunate events. This promo, if 
by Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke and Charlotte was weird and it felt kind of thrown together because it's kind of just like, yeah, Charlotte's not feuding with her dad anymore. So she can like move on, but she's talking to Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. That's what we're moving on to. Like, okay, that that's fine. But it, I think it again proves there's not a lot of depth on the women's roster on Raw. There's also not very creative booking for the women's talent on Raw. But I mean, to have the to have the first like women's segment of the show be at 10:30 p.m. and even without it being on International Women's Day, I think that's just kind of like the icing on the cake. But not not having them on the show until 10:30 p.m. is absolutely maddening and like crazy because you have to actually like give them a chance to be on the show. You know, so it's just all felt real thrown together. It's also like Raw's a three-hour show, and it wasn't until the third hour we saw it. So weird. Um, well, we I mean, Naomi and Lana get their chance. Women's tag team titles against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Who comes down to the ring with Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler? It's we're our favorite, Reginald Ray. Obviously, having a new little relationship as JP is just not happy whatsoever. Um, he, so he comes down to the ring, you know, and obviously they have a little promo. I am excited to talk about SmackDown now with Nia Jax and Reginald. Very excited. Um, but they have a match, you know. Finally, we're, th- we're for the past couple weeks, we were saying, Yes, Naomi Lano, they're literally the number one contenders. Why aren't they getting a chance? Well, they get a chance now. And um, the way this starts off, you know, the challengers actually find some success pretty early here, but you know, culminating with Naomi wiping out the floor between Jackson Baszler, she was definitely a shining spot in this match here. Um, but we come back from the break, and Baz- Shayna Baszler just blasts Lana and uh, the heels gain the advantage. Um, obviously, she does that joint manipulation. She targets the arm of Lana. Uh, but when she, but when Lana tags in Naomi, she sparks the comeback on the hot tag there. She uh, drove Jack face first to the mat. Um, and then, of course, who does the distraction? It's Reginald. Uh, Jack's bowls over Lana. And uh, Jack's pins, does that power bomb for the, for the win. And Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax retain their titles, and Jax hoists Reginald over her shoulder and carries and carried him up to the ramp. You know, um. So, might no, know. You know, again, <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's like you know, Naomi was the only good thing about this match. I feel. Um, what do you think, Jake? What do so, you think, Jake? I had to look this up on Cage Match. See how long the match went. The match actually went eight minutes, which is kind of astounding because I thought it went by really a lot quicker than that. I thought it was like shorter, but we're starting to treat Reginald like James Ellsworth. Oh no. Just kind of forcing him into segments, forcing him into every women's, like every significant women's like rivalry or storyline in the WWE right now. And we don't really need to. They didn't have to break up Reginald and Carmelo. I think that worked really well, but they decided to anyway. And now he's kind of just like dead in the water. He's kind of, you don't know what the point is. What's the point? And like, this all just feels real dumb. Like this just feels dumb. 
I don't know how else to describe it. Because literally, I think Reginald pinned Nia Jax like a couple weeks back in that six-man tag match with uh, Bailey, uh, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler against Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Reginald. And now she's like, well, he's cute. And I'm just like, what? What is, where did this come from? You could have just said like he was looking for work. But again, this, we don't have to force Reginald into everything. I, I just find it kind of funny how like again, it was International Women's Day, how literally at the expense of the women talent, Reginald was featured more. Um, again, here's the thing. We're going to be talking about SmackDown in a couple, you know, you know, later in this episode. And I feel like what's happening with Reginald on SmackDown is more heinous than what's happening with, with this thing on Raw. I don't mind this Nia Jax Reginald thing. I really don't. It's sometimes kind of funny and we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about it, but like we're going to be talking about Sasha Banks at Bianca Belair and how Reginald has, you know, is hampering that. So we'll talk about it, but it, it was just whatever. So we move, we move on AJ Styles versus Randy Orton in the main event. Uh, surprise, surprise, no surprise, obviously. Uh, these two have probably have almost match of the night if it wasn't for Sheamus and maybe McIntyre going uh, no contest there. Um, but we move move on to the end there. Styles, Styles rebounds from Randy Orton. He starts off pretty early there. Excuse me, he tries for a phenomenal forearm. But Orton shakes the ropes, uh, knocking him down. AJ Styles recovers once again. He applies the calf crusher. He was targeting, excuse me, targeting the leg pretty early on there. Uh, Orton barely kicks away out of it, out of the submission, delivering that draping DDT off the off the ropes. Uh, Orton rises to feet, teasing the RKO, but almost pulls him out of the ring, actually. And the arena becomes engulfed in pink. And Bliss appears in the video screen. She lights a match. She ignites the flames from the ring post, causing Orton uh, to vomit black again, like we happen. And then Styles, and then I was as soon as that happened, he turns around and Styles just blasts Orton with a phenomenal forearm for the pinfall victory here. So Styles wins and more, you know, kind of shenanigans with Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton there. Uh, one thing that people like like to mock was the 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 fire on the ring post. Only three went off, and that one, I don't know what's going on with pyrotechnicians on those, those last two days on Sunday and then Monday, but something is wrong. Um, obviously with Revolution and and then with Monday, so. Good match, not bad, um, and then obviously more set up with uh, with Alexa Bliss and, the, and and the Fiend and Randy Orton there. The one thing is that they didn't they really didn't go back to or develop what's happening with like Randy Orton seeing himself talk like the Fiend was. I we didn't get so we didn't get that. Um, but JP thoughts on the match? Uh, thoughts on the ending there? You don't get a bad match from AJ Styles or Randy Orton. I thought the match was fine. I really didn't care about the heel versus heel dynamic because I think it worked. Because, again, they're playing off that whole Randy Orton is possessed. So he's not really a heel or a face. He's whatever the Fiend wants him to be. So I really didn't mind the heel versus heel dynamic. Um, I'm just wondering when the Fiend's going to come back. Because we're a month out from WrestleMania. He's going to have to make his appearance sometime before then. Could it be tonight on Raw? Could it be maybe at Fastlane? I don't know. You just kind of you're just not sure when the Fiend's gonna show back up, but he needs to show back up soon. As for AJ Styles, uh, we've kind of mocked some matches for AJ Styles at WrestleMania because I don't think you go a Mania without AJ Styles. Um, 
but just kind of feels like he needs something to do right now. He's kind of floating around and he's honestly putting in some of his best matches right now, but he needs a rivalry for WrestleMania, whether that be the game, Triple H, um, who else? I mean, that's the only one that's really like, that I can like think of is gotta be Triple H. Yeah, so when it comes to me again, you know, Styles really, I don't remember the last time really Styles lost a match. Well, besides the Elimination Chamber uh, where he lost there, but he, he's been winning all, all the matches he's been in on Raw. And I think there's a reason. I think they want to, they're making him look strong for a possible opponent. And he said that he, out of the opponents that he's wanting to face at WrestleMania, just in dream matches itself, Edge was on the list, but he's already being taken care of for WrestleMania. And Triple H was on that list as well. Listen, I mean, Get, give me all of it. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's a difference with Triple H being in the ring with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and Kane in a tag oh, team match or, you know, or, you know, just being there with older guys. And again, AJ Styles is not like it is, is not like 35, but he's, he's still it, pretty much in his peak and still doing stuff on without fail. And he's, and he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world, arguably maybe the best, but obviously there's people that, obviously other people in that list there, but I, I would not mind seeing that at all. The problem is, you know, this to me, like, are you, how, how are you going to set this up him in, the, in triple H? Like he's doing stuff in NXT triple H, you know, what are they going to do here with him? How, how much time are they going to put it? What are the stakes there? Is it going to be a street fight? I don't know. You got to start it now, whatever happens, it has to start now so they can build up to it. I wouldn't mind seeing AJ Styles go down to NXT, kind of terrorize NXT to kind of get Triple H's attention. You know, Seth Rollins did that in his WrestleMania feud with Triple H. Um, AJ Styles has been on NXT before. Um, he showed up on NXT, I think, last year for the Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT uh, Survivor Series. Um, I think he actually had a match he did, on NXT. Yeah. I don't remember against who. I think it might have been Roger Strong. But I wouldn't mind seeing him on NXT kind of terrorizing Triple H, kind of trying to egg him on. You know, that could be the whole thing where Triple H doesn't want to do it. He don't want to come come out of, like, part-time. He's got he's busy. But AJ Styles kind of egging him on, like, this is the one thing, you know, you've never beaten the best because you've never beaten AJ Styles. So it, they could do it like that. But whatever they do, it's got to start today. You probably just you probably just figured it out. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if either the, tonight or next Monday after Fastlane, he pretty much calls out Triple H. Triple H doesn't come out and then to get his attention this Wednesday at NXT, he just comes out and just does something, whatever. I don't know what he's going to do, but I, I, I honestly could see, I could see that I really could. So um, if, if that's going to happen, it's like you said, it has to happen pretty soon. It has to happen like, you know, now. Um, but it seems like we're going to get some sort of AJ Styles match at WrestleMania. It just depends on who the opponent will be because they're, they're building him up for something. So, but that's Monday Night Raw. Weird episode. <laughs> Weird episode of Monday Night Raw. It's got highs and lows, but I think this time the lows kind of outweigh the highs because the lows were so yeah. low. And really one of the one like true highs where it's like this stands out is Drew versus Sheamus. And then Bobby Lashley's whole like entrance. Yeah, I, I would probably agree there. And the whole thing that's happening with, with Randy Orton again, maybe it's not good for some people, but I'm still enjoying it. I'm, yeah, I'm there's sure. a lot of it's it's really good it's yeah. really fun to me to, to me it's fun as well and we'll, we'll see how that continues but again yeah the lows it was just a very weird episode of raw but we move on to nxt uh, a packed night 
NXT. Two championship matches, uh, two championship matches, and we have one to start the show. Io Shirai defending her title against Tony Storm. But before we get to that, William Regal announces these two big announcements, these game-changing announcements that's going to change the landscape of NXT. So he brings out the women's roster all lined up on the ramp. We've heard reports that he's going to uh, kind of present the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, and that's exactly what she, what he does. After the events of what happened on, on NXT when Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defended their titles against Dakota Gonzalez and Dakota Gonzalez. Um Raquel was- Gonzalez, Raquel Gonzalez, and Dakota Kai. Um, we had Adam Pierce kind of show up with a raw referee and kind of hamper the match. And we saw Regal and Adam Pierce kind of talking backstage about it. Um, so he decided that NXT is going to have their own women's tag team champions. And he presents it to Raquel Gonzalez and to Dakota Kai. So, and so that's what's going to happen. And what happens is that who, who comes out? It's Ember Moon. And, uh, and Shotzi Blackheart, and they pretty much challenged him for the title, saying we were in the Women's Dusty Cup, so I think we should get another chance. Regal says, sure. So that's going to be, we're going to have three championship matches on NXT, and that's going to happen later tonight. Um, so, but the second announcement is that is that NXT TakeOver is their next TakeOver, which is going to be called Stand and Deliver on WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be two nights. It's going to happen Wednesday. And I think the first night is actually going to be on USA Network, so it's not going to be, you don't have to stream it. It's, you're going to have to watch it on a, you know, on, on USA. And then the second night is going to be streamed on Peacock uh, or WWE Network. I think it's going to be Peacock by then. So two-day NXT takeover. So JP, thoughts on women's champ, you know, new women's tag team championships and the two-night takeover. Um. So my thoughts on the women's championships, I, I don't know, man. Because the whole point of the women's tag team championships were so they go to each three brands but now I'm kind of thinking that screwy finish and last week's NXT was just to set this up and if that was the case like really that kind of looks dumb um I don't know I guess it's hard to judge right now but the NXT women's tag division is stacked I don't know I think it's too early to tell if this is a good or bad thing um as far as the two-night takeover, I'm excited because the takeover card for that weekend is looking absolutely stunning. Um, you're going to have Santos Escobar defend the Cruiserweight title. Um, I don't know who, but that could be a main event. Um, Rogers, not Roger Strong, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole is a main event in its own right. Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor, which gets, well, we're kind of foreshadowing it. Um, we'll get to that later. Um, oh, yeah, Johnny Gargano. Still has the NXT North American title. He's probably going to defend it against Dexter Loomis. Io Shirai is going to be on the show. There's so much talent and so many stories going on right now where a two-night takeover makes sense. Now, I kind of wonder, if you buy tickets to WrestleMania, are you buying them for that weekend where you get TakeOver and WrestleMania? That would be dope, personally. But the bottom line probably says differently. It'll probably be two separate things. But I think that'd be a pretty cool marketing opportunity. So I'm all in on the two-night takeover. Uh, the Women's Tag Championships, I think we just got to wait and see. Yeah, so I, people talk about too many titles in WWE and just in wrestling in general. And again, I don't hate it. 
Uh, I just wish that they, they booked the, the actual women's t- tag team titles uh, better. Obviously, they're supposed to be defended along Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And when it came to NXT, they really haven't. Maybe a couple matches here and there. Sasha and Bailey did it. Um, and, and obviously, and then Nia Jax and Shayna did it as well in their last match. So I, I don't mind it. Again, it's going to be, a, I'm going to use that wait and see approach when it comes to those titles. And again, um, Dakota Gonzalez and Dakota Gonzalez said again, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, uh, they're going to defend it. And we'll see, you know, foreshadowing, you know, we'll see what happens in that match. Um, but I, I'm cool with it. The titles look nice. That's for sure. Uh, you know, so uh, we'll see where, we'll see where it goes w- within the next couple of weeks, especially as we head into takeover and the takeover two day thing. I'm cool with it. That's get That week is going to be absolutely insane. We have Monday uh, being Monday Night Raw. You have Wednesday, day one of TakeOver. Thursday, day two of TakeOver. Friday, SmackDown. Saturday, WrestleMania, day one. Sunday, WrestleMania, day two. So wrestling is going to be amazing. It's going to be crazy that week. We also have Dynamite. That's not WWE on Wednesday and Impact on Tuesday. So literally every day. Literally every day. So it, it's, it's going to be crazy. So I'm excited, believe me. And like you said, the amount of matches that we can have there, it seems like Io Shirai, we know who she's going to face. We'll talk about it later tonight. And since there's Escobar, I think we do know who, he, who he's going to face with the Cruiserweight Championship, the guy making his return on NXT on this episode. We'll talk about that in a bit as well. So we move on. The opening match is Tony Storm versus Io Shirai for the Women's Championship. I mean, you know, awesome there to start off the show. It's funny because, like, this – NXT starts off the show with a women's championship match or just a women's match in general, and Raw doesn't on the day of International Women's Day. I found that funny. Um, but again, what do you expect from these two? These two put on a, an, an awesome match with each other. Um, and but let's move on to the to the ending here, um, where Shirai kicks out of two Storm zeros. I thought it was over when she hit the second one, but it's but while Storm escapes a cross face and she dodged a moonsault as well. But she, but the, but Tony Storm, she goes for a diving headbutt and she misses, and Shirai turns that into a crossface, and Tony Storm actually taps out here for Shirai to retain her NXT Women's Championship. I thought the match was great. One thing though, I thought it went a little bit short, and I feel like I, I went a cage match the other day, and I felt like the match went like 12 or 12, 13 minutes, which I mean, it's a good amount of time, but to me, I thought that she got way more than that. Uh, if you could, yeah, you can check that for me. So. Yeah, Again, it's like 1158. Like so that's the only big problem I had with this match was the amount of time because it really wasn't that much for me when it came to these. I, I mean, I'm trying to, I, I want maybe if you want, if you could look this up, I don't know. I mean, how long was that triple threat match at, at, at the last takeover? I mean, I, I was pretty close to that. I feel. Well, let me see if I can find it again. Which I mean, I thought this match would have gone longer than that, but um, uh, it was like, 12 minutes, 15 seconds. So it was almost the same time. Again, I think that you should have gave these two way more time, but good match nonetheless. What did you think? Um, I thought it was a phenomenal match. Two of the best women's wrestlers in the world. And again, I will keep saying, more wrestlers should have more than one finisher because Io Shirai can beat you with a moonsault, but she'd also catch you in the crossface and make you tap out. That's another great element added onto her wrestling repertoire. Having multiple moves and submissions that allow you to win makes every more more of your moves seem like, oh, they could win on this move. Like, you know, Kurt Angle had the angle slam and the ankle lock. Either one of those, if he hits it, it's over. Like Jericho has the um, Lion Tamer and the Walls of Jericho. Both of them can make you tap immediately. So I really enjoy 
um, that wrestlers have more than one finish. Um, I thought it was a really great match. Kicking out of two st Storm Zeros, uh, I mean, I enjoy it, but at the same time, it's two Storm Zeros in a row. And I get that it's like, it's the women's champion, Io Shirai, she's gonna kick out. But two Storm Zeros in a row is really like, like spammy, I guess, and then having her kick out of them, like, I don't know if it weakens the move like too much, but it like weakens it a little bit. But overall, a fantastic match. Yeah, I completely agree. Again, if these if these two would have got more time, it really I, I think the the scale of the match would have been so much larger. Um, but a good match nonetheless. And it seems like again that Io Shirai has found her next opponent, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, uh, but after that, we get a little backstage interview with Eli Drake, aka LA Knight, and he pretty much mocks Bronson Reed uh, for what for what you know, kind of had distracting him uh, last week as well. Um, but Bronson Reed actually attacks Eli Drake, and Eli Drake also announced before that that he was going to be in action next week. So we're to get those two probably in a match. They said Eli Drake, or excuse me, they said LA Knight in action next week. It's probably going to be Bronson Reed. Maybe they'll set that up for the pay-per-view. We'll see, because they have to fill in two nights. Maybe he'll face someone else. Uh, everything is pretty possible there. Afterwards, we see Imperium uh, pretty much are trying to guide Timothy Thatcher uh, back home they're talking about coming back home so we can tear up nxt we could tear banks up on our own but we need we want you to be with us so i mean i know you're you're huge on this so i'm gonna i, I want to ask you what your thoughts on that oh yeah i want it need it put tim thatcher in imperium put killian dane in imperium i feel like tomaso champa works best as a lone wolf you know he's kind of by himself doing his own thing tim thatcher in, in imperium would be awesome and then it could kind of like be Imperium, like gathering all the Infinity Stones for Walter Thanos to make his way over to NXT and like snap all of NXT. I feel like that'd be great. So please put Tim Thatcher in Imperium. Did you say Walter Thanos? Walter Thanos. Walter Thanos. Uh, but again, I agree. Listen, Imperium is great. Okay. They just got, you know, Alexander Wolf back in the picture now. Um, and to me, if they if they would have Killian Dane and Timothy Thatcher, I mean, my God, who I don't know who's stopping them. But our next match is Pete Dunn with Danny Burch and Oni Lurkin versus Jake Atlas, and um, the Bruiser Ray really just controls the most of the match here. Uh, but we get some good stuff from Jake Atlas here. We see some a, a little bit of a showcase here for Jake Atlas working with Pete Dunn here. Uh, a pretty solid match, kind of under the radar sort of thing. But really, you wanted Pete Dunn to get over here as you know. Uh, I, I feel like his last action was in that six-man tag where he pinned Finn Balor after that after that amazing match they had to take over. Um, but again, uh, he, he he beats Jake Atlas at the end and he grabs her mic and he reminds everyone that he is the best technical wrestler in the world right now. Okay, that's what he says. And he says, and I dare someone to prove me wrong. JP, let me ask you, first of all, how what did you think of the match? Second of all, do you agree with his statement, even though I think Daniel Bryan says otherwise, but do you agree with his statement? And do you feel, do you know, do you have someone in mind that might challenge that claim? So I'll say it like this. I'll answer for the match. Pete Dunne is on an all-time run right now in terms of his career. Like the consistency of his character and the match he's putting on, even this four minutes is a great showcase. Um, do I think he's the best technical wrestler in the world? He's de definitely up there. He's definitely top 10. Now, my idea for a takeover is have him go up against my number one, Daniel Bryan. 
If Daniel Bryan loses at Fastlane, Daniel Bryan versus Pete Dunne at NXT TakeOver, that would be awesome. And again, it's who's the best technical wrestler in the world? Nobody can challenge me. I can't think of anybody. Maybe if they want, if they want to keep it within NXT, Kushida. But the thing about Kushida is Kushida really can't afford to lose because he just lost, the last interview he lost to Johnny Gargano. He's been off TV since um, beating Tyler Rust. So he kind of, he needs that win more than Pete Dunne does. But doing Pete Dunne versus Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan really doesn't need a win. I think that would be a banger. And this could just be like, I'm just spitballing here, but Daniel Bryan versus Pete Dunne would definitely be in consideration for match of the year. Because well, here's the thing. I mean, take over, stand and deliver. If that match was included on the card, okay, there's no question that that would be the best takeover of all time. Okay. And we'll talk about the possible matches here. Let's just talk about it. Who cares? I mean, we're going to have Karrion Cross and Finn Balor for the championship. It seems like that's where we're going. We're going to have Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, maybe in some sort of unsanctioned match sort of thing. That might be, that's already consideration for me for match of the year. And then if we put Daniel Bryan against Pete Dunne, that's too much. That's too stacked. And here's the thing. I don't think it's going to happen just because I feel like that we're heading in the direction, and we'll talk about SmackDown a bit, of Edge, of Edge, Roman Reigns, and Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match at WrestleMania. We'll talk about it. So he might be busy. Um, if he's not, though, and he's out of the storyline, I'm all for it. I have another idea. Oh, by the way, the one person I didn't want to mention, because I th- I was gonna th- I was thinking Timothy Thatcher, if we're going to keep it within NXT, but he might he's doing something right now at Imperium, so I don't know if that's going to be happening, but what were we going to say? I got an idea. So... Fastlane, Seth Rollins and Cesaro do their thing. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, Cesaro, Pete Dunne. I don't think, Dude, I don't think it's going to happen, but just thinking about that match would be awesome. Literally, Pete Dunne against anybody. <laughs> again, I mean, even Cesaro against anybody. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, if that happens again, I just don't. I feel that he's gonna have someone from NXT first, and then maybe he'll get someone from WWE. I don't know. Either way, all the matches we've been talking about are just all bangers in my eye. Debuting signee that we just, it could be a debuting wrestler that we don't know about. Maybe it could, could be, but I don't know. Like, I'm not sure of any like. <laughs> who knows we're, we're gonna burst Ryan <laughs> yeah no that that would actually because here's the thing I, I put that on twitter and, and the one person replied to our tweet saying daniel Bryan. i mean that's the first person he comes about when he's talking about one of the best technical wrestlers right now again make that match happen if again i really do want to see that triple threat match at wrestlemania for the universal title but if not i would love that to be the alternative if, if so but we move on the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez are defending it. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Are we going to say something? Oh, I just thought of something. Okay. Well, go ahead. Go for it. So, you need someone who's not really doing anything right now. One of the best technical wrestlers in the world. Doesn't necessarily need a win or a loss. AJ Styles. He's been on NXT before. 
you bring almost with them nxt takeover that way you protect the game from or triple h having to have it actually wrestle but i feel like they'd want aj styles on wrestlemania on a pay-per-view yeah but because night one of takeover sand deliver is going to be on usa network presumably on a wednesday AJ Styles versus Pete Dunne would bring people in. That's the thing. If they want people to tune in, maybe put a WWE star in the car. You're not wrong. Um, oh, and yo, okay, wait, wait a minute. Okay, now see now the, the gears are turning a bit. <laughs> Get it. And then within that match, possibly, I hate to say it, Triple H can interfere, help his man win, help Pete Dunne win. And then we'll get Triple H and sets up Triple H and AJ Styles. Or SummerSlam. Or one of that. SummerSlam. JP, they should hire us. Hire us. Hire us. WWE, you're listening to this. We know you listen. We know you listen. Hire us. We're not we listening right now. No, we're not. We're not. Um, so, again, it, it's good stuff. And, again, the, the dream matches can go far and wide. But, again, we move on to the women's tag team. The first ever women's NXT women's tag team championship match. Again, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez defending against Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, not even having the belts for an hour. They're defending their titles. They have a pretty damn good match between these four. They they were in the Dusty Cup finals at TakeOver. They had a really good match here. I would say that this match was honestly on the same level. Uh, I don't know if they exceeded that match, but definitely on the same level of so. But we move on into we move on to the kind of the middle here. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart is struggling as he's facing uh, with Dakota Kai. Ember Moon gets the hot tag, one goes off on the champs, and then um, we, we get a couple kickouts here from, from the champions. Uh, the challengers work together to isolate uh, Dakota Kai. Um, but Moon tries to put away Gonzalez with the eclipse, but she dives into the waiting arms of Gonzalez. Um, but then we move on to the end here where we see uh, Dakota. Dakota Kai, excuse me, Raquel Gonzalez getting wiped out to the outside. Um, and Shotzi Blackheart rolls up Dakota Kai for the one, two, three. Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon are your new women's NXT women's tag team champions. Um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, the only held the titles for about an hour. JP thoughts of the match. Uh, thoughts on the ending? Do you think maybe they should have kept the titles? Are you okay with them, you know, you know, trading hands? What do you think? I absolutely love the match. Chelsea Blackheart and Ember Moon are really good as a tag team together. Um, as far as the title change goes, I love it. I love the title change. You introduce new titles, you hand it to the champions, then have something shocking happen. That creates the story. That creates more intrigue. And again, we knew Raquel Gonzalez is and Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez especially, was destined for bigger things than just the women's tag title. You knew it was eventually going to happen. They were going to lose. So create the shot value now and try and set something up for NXT TakeOver Sand and Deliver. I didn't, I didn't hate it. I loved it. I like it too, man. So I, I didn't mind it. Again, shocking to me. Again, shocking. Because when you, when you think that they, they, get, they just got the titles, you know they're going to defend it and they're probably going to retain didn't happen. I mean, I don't mind Ember Mood and Shotzi Blackheart having it. We'll see what's up next for them. We did see after they were celebrating backstage, we saw Can- Candice LeRae and Andy Harwell kind of like shoved them off. They weren't celebrating. That could be the next matchup. I wouldn't mind that as well. However, we'll go back to backstage. Dakota 
time, Raquel Gonzalez again, they're having a backstage interview backstage. However, it's interrupted when Io Shirai pops up, looks at Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, they're standing, you know, well, I shouldn't say eye to eye because Raquel Gonzalez is just like towering over her, but they're standing, you know, next to each other. And Io Shirai basically says, I want you next. So, and Raquel Gonzalez is like, I'm, I don't know if, I don't know if you want that. So that's going to be the, the next thing. We've been saying it, especially I've been just touting how much I think this year is going to be the year of Raquel Gonzalez, especially in NXT in the women's division. Uh, she's got, she's destined for a title. It's going to happen. And I, I, I definitely, we definitely predicted that again, that especially me, we're saying that Raquel Gonzalez is going to take the title probably off of Shirai if there's going to be one. Uh, and it's going to happen. So I, and again, I, they're going to have a match of takeover. And I think it's, and I think it's about time we, we see the title trade hands. So Raquel Gonzalez, I think she definitely deserves it. No question about that. They've booked her extremely well. She had awesome matches with Rhea Ripley, some awesome tag team matches again with Dakota Kai. I think she's destined for it. And I think that she's going to definitely have a good ring with that. Um, I, I want to ask you, are you excited for that JP? And just thoughts on Io Shirai's title reign in itself. She's been the title. She's been the champion for a long time. She won it in your house, like the pay-per-view right after WrestleMania, uh, kind of pinning Rhea Ripley for within that match with Charlotte Flair as well. I'd say it's been okay. It's been an okay reign. She's been a good champion. What do you think? I've loved her title reign. I think it's one of the best title reigns in women's NXT title over history. Of course, I'd go Asuka, Sasha, Bailey, then um, Shayna Baszler, then Io Shirai, because she's literally beaten everybody on the roster like there's nobody she hasn't beaten yet and it's all been really high quality matches um i do think it's gonna she's gonna lose the title though i think it's gonna happen um raquel gonzalez is gonna be the one to beat her i wouldn't mind it honestly i feel like it's time yoshirai had a great run fantastic run i do think she'll stay on nxt though I think Io Shirai is going to remain on NXT because you can't really like send her to Raw because Rhea Ripley is on Raw too. So they just like, I mean, maybe you could. I don't know. I don't know what their plans would be for Io after she loses the title, but I definitely think she's losing to Raquel Gonzalez. Absolutely. And again, the in-ring work for Io Shirai during her, during her title run was great. She had awesome matches with Rhea Ripley on an episode of NXT, a really fun match with Candice LeRae. Um, and again, again, like you said, she's beating pretty much everybody in the roster. And again, I think it's time that she, um, she drops it. And I think again, Raquel Gonzalez, I think she's going to be on the top echelon of people that had the NXT women's title. We'll see who stands in her way. I feel like, again, I, you know, Taya Valkyrie, Seems like she's going to be coming soon. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think she should be great there. So um, good things coming for, for the NXT Women's Division. That's for damn sure. So we move on. Speaking of the NXT Women's Division, uh, we get Caden Carter versus Zia Lee. Um, and before that, we also get a little bit of a video package with Zoe Stark and obviously com- coming off of a really good match, non-title match against Io Shirai. Um, we get stuff with her. So excited again, women's division for NXT. It's looking really good. So when she c- kind of gets more into form there, it's gonna be great. Uh, we talked by the way about her finisher, that variation of the GTS it looks absolutely brutal. I can't wait to see more of that as well. Um, but we, Casey Ken's there. She's walking out to support Caden Carter. She's not medically cleared. She has like, uh, crutches and stuff from all the partying she does with, with no masks and, and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> 
So, uh, got him. No, but seriously, we go back to the match here. And and I would say that Caden Carter, out of any opponent that's faced Zayali, yeah, she gave Zayali the most trouble here. But Zayali pretty much doesn't waste time as soon as the match starts. She traps the leg of Carter next to the steel barricade. Um, and when she was kind of mocking Kenzer on the outside too, but she just lost it. She takes her crush and smacks her right in the back with it. Um, and she was beating up with it. And Boa gets into the ring trying to kind of attack Kenzaro, but Carter makes a save, hits him with, with the crutch, and they both get out of there. Um, and then afterwards, we see Boa and Lee kind of bowing down to Tian Shaw, which is that mysterious kind of figure that's kind of ruling them. Um, while the faces, again, Caden Carter, Kaysen Kenzaro, they leave. Uh, not really anything much of a match. It was pretty short, and then it ended in a disqualification, but it seems like we're going to get more of this maybe. Um, I'm not sure where this is going to go against Zia Lee, another person that could challenge for the title in the future. We'll see. Uh, thoughts on this? You mean Casey Kanzaro really went out the places where she's not safe and did stuff? Shocking. But <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, I mean, it was fine. I kind of feel like Zia Lee should just be like Brock Lesnar dominating people. But again, I feel like you need to create something here. Um, I still want to know who Tian Sha is. I still think she's a dragon, personally. She's a dragon. Incarnated, reincarnated as a human. And nobody can tell me otherwise. <laughs> she is a dragon. But um, I wonder where it's going to go. Because my thoughts were maybe they could do a handicap match. Zia Lee versus Casey Kanzaro and Caden Carter. Once Casey Kanzaro gets like healthy, that could be another match on the TakeOver card. Because I want to see the entrance on the TakeOver. But you never know. I'm just kind of ready for Zia Lee to start facing people a little bit in her weight class, you know? Not to say like disrespect Kaden Carter, Case Kanzaro, but it feels like Zia Lee's punching down right now. Yeah. No, I, I see what you mean. Um, I'm not really feeling this. However, if it comes out, which I feel like it's going to, if it's going to come up with Zia Lee on top, it's going to be, you know, I, I feel like they're just setting up Zia Lee for good things in the future there, especially in the women's division. So uh, I think she's going to wipe the floor with, with Kenzer and Carter. I mean, right now, Kenzer, I, I, I forgot what the injury is. It's like, she's kind of like t- slightly towards P- her PCL. I think that's what it was. Um, so, some, something like that. So um, now what, what is she, I, I mean, again, we can, we can make a, lots of jokes with her, but you know, we'll spare her. <laughs> Um, but again, okay stuff. We move on. Um, the Grizzle Young Veterans are taking on Legato del Fantasma. And on paper, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. Um, but the match, it pretty much runs a little bit short as we get to the little, let's get to the end here, where during it, we see two men in space helmets. We'd see, you know, two astronauts come, <laughs> come down from the ramp. They reveal themselves uh, to be uh, MSK. And obviously, Wesley's hand is still injured. Um, but Legado del Fantasma, they take advantage, they, they pin him, and they get the win there. But afterwards, again, uh, we see um, MSK kind of beat up um, M- Grizzly Young Veterans. It comes to a point where Wesley actually crushes the hands of, of James Drake with the helmet. Um, and we see kind of Fantasma in the ring kind of laugh it off. But we, then we see Brizango kind of beat up on them as well. So that's that's pretty much that segment. So Thoughts on that? Thoughts on the match? Were you disappointed that this match wasn't a full-fledged match? Because obviously on paper, the talent's great. What did you think? I was definitely disappointed that this wasn't a full match. 
I get it because it's heel versus heel, but I wanted to see this all the way through. Um, of course, it's going to keep continuing to set up. Well, I don't know where they're going with this because MSK is technically owed a title shot. They're probably holding that, holding off on that for TakeOver Stand and Deliver, which now that I'm thinking about it, is going to be absolutely loaded. But um, I really wish they, this match could have finished all the way through. I feel like it needs more time. Yeah, same, same here for sure. I completely agree. Uh, seeing that on paper, just it's amazing. So speaking of Legado del Fantasma uh, and Santos Escobar, obviously being the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, we get a video package from Jordan Devlin, uh, who was the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, obviously, and he pretty much says, you know, it's time to kind of, you know, I'm still the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. I never lost it. Uh, it's time to reclaim what's mine. I see there's a person trying to trying to be like me on on nxt it's time to come back i'm coming back next week that's what he said and then obviously after that we see santos escobar um pretty much just absolutely complained to william regal about it and that's when we that's when we get the tag match uh but jp thoughts on that again you talk about a loaded stand and deliver takeover uh you know pay-per-view that could be the the uh the match on there as well jordan devlin coming back against santos escobar what do you think Put it on TakeOver Sand Deliver, whichever night. That could be another show stealer in a match of, in a card of show stealers. I do think if they decide to do this, Santos Escobar should win, personally. Because Jordan Devlin will probably take the title back to NXT UK. And not to disrespect NXT UK, for a good minute, I forgot that Walter was NXT UK champion. So I, they have tag titles over there. They have they do. NXT UK tag titles. Um, I don't know who has, I don't know what the name of the team that has them now, but one of them looks like a character from Lord of the Rings. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for it. Put it on TakeOver Stand Deliver, but Santos Escobar should win. Uh, you know, I, whatever. It's going to be a great match. Again, that that man, that that card on two days is gonna be maybe two stack, maybe. I don't know. That's pretty great. Cause let's be honest here. As of right now, because we also got a report right away that like the whole creative team and Vince McMahon, like nothing's really finalized for WrestleMania besides the kind of the two matches, and they're kind of going back to square one or whatever. Take that news as what you will, but it, we pretty much got it seems like we know the matches that are gonna happen for Sand and Deliver, even though they haven't really announced it yet. And I hate to say it, it seems like Stan delivers and have a better card than WrestleMania. It might for two nights. I mean, right. if they if they end up swinging like a Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles versus Pete Dunne, this could be like the most stacked card that I've ever seen on a wrestling show. We we thought that Vengeance Day was stacked. I imagine what this takeover can be. And by the way, now I, now I'm thinking about it. We're definitely not going to see a WWE superstar on stand and deliver just because they need these guys for WrestleMania because there's nothing. Again, and we have the two championship matches from SmackDown, which are both going to be seemingly like are, going to, are going to be great. Don't get me wrong. And then what's the other confirmed match? Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. <laughs> I mean, I feel like both tag titles are going to be defended for sure. Um, we just don't know. We just don't know, don't know who. Um, I think Biggie and Apollo Crews, although they're fighting, I think at Fastlane, they're gonna do yeah. another, they're gonna do another one at WrestleMania. Um, I think Riddle faces 
Mustafa Ali or Keith Lee at WrestleMania. I don't Keith know if Keith Lee. Yeah. Um, I do think we're going to get Charlotte versus Asuka at WrestleMania. We're going to get Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Um, maybe Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, probably. Maybe. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, this means like you're having a WrestleMania without Kevin Owens. You're gonna have one presumably at this point without AJ Styles. No, you're. They need to, man. You're gonna have one without Sami Zayn. I mean, Cesaro and Seth Rollins are probably gonna have a match at WrestleMania. But even thinking about NXT, like I don't think NXT necessarily needs anybody to go up against Pete Dunne from WWE. Because you have Kushida, you have Swerve, Swerve and Leon Ruff. That could be something that blows over. Um, I mean, and you have, the, they could do a mystery signing. Somebody that we don't even know about. So, so here's the thing with me, is that right now, at the moment, because it seems like, again, we could definitely confirm for ourselves what matches, but right now, again, WrestleMania needs as many stars as it gets. So I, I think AJ Styles is going to get a match, whether it's Triple H or not. I don't know. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I, I feel like for the way they're setting it up, and again, we'll talk about SmackDown in a minute. He'll be in that triple threat. Um, but the, the card for NXT TakeOver is that. But let's move on to the ending here, to the finale. NXT Championship match, Finn Balor, Adam Cole. Well, listen, on paper, that sounds um, match, of, match of the year. Give me all my money, five stars, whatever. Uh, the match was absolutely, it, it was fantastic. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't disappoint in my opinion. It got a good amount of time that it needed to. The stakes were there. Um, one thing I will say, actually, we'll, we'll talk about the ending here and what happened. And again, um, when you have these two guys in the ring, you're really not going to get a bad match. Finn Balor won the NXT title by beating Adam Cole, if you remember. And we, we get kind of the rematch for that. Um, but we move on to the, to the ending here. Cole locks in, was locked in a crossface. Um, and Finn Balor manages to get to the ropes. Balor tries it in 1916. Cole spun through to hit the last shot for a near fall. Cole also, which by the way, I thought it was over when he hit that. When he raised, when he raised the shin guard and he hit him right in the back of the head, I thought it was over. Finn Balor kicks out of two. He does the Panama Sunrise again. Right. I was like, okay, it's over. I thought it was over. And I went, Panama Sunrise. Oh, when he did that, I'm like, okay, new NXT champion. Nope. Finn Balor kicks out. And again, you were talking about how Io Shirai kicked out of two uh, Storm Zeros. I'm like, okay. And then now you see the champion kind of kicking out of a, of a you know, the, kind of the Shining Wizard kind of thing. And then it was just, it was insane. And then so Balor sends Cole to the outside where he looks up. He's getting, he's kind of using his uh, kind of the, the rail to kind of get up. And you see him looking, you see him looking very scared at someone. And it's Kyle O'Reilly in, a, in like a jean jacket. He looks all, he looks, you know, revved up. Um, he looks really cool. And then, so the distraction, it sets up uh, um, Finn Balor to the 1916 on the outside, brings him into the ring, does the coup de gras for the one, two, three. Afterwards, we see Finn Balor kind of celebrate and he pretty much does the whole thing. Like, there you go, Kyle get him and then like so Kyle really looks at Finn Balor he gets the approval he goes in starts laying it in on Adam Cole he attacks him viciously they get to the outside the refs start to break him up there comes to a point where actually 
within the match, Cole was going to do that that brain buster on the steel, on the exposed steel steps. He's going to do that to Balor, but kind of Balor reversed it. Kyle O'Reilly was going to do that same thing to Adam Cole. Referees kind of break it up there. Um, and then we just see him kind of go backstage. Finn Balor is still in the ring. He's looking on. He's doing a celebration. And he looks. He kind of doesn't look behind him, but he kind of like feels something. He says, what took you so long? And then you look, he looks behind him, the camera pans, and Karrion Cross is staying right behind him. And Karen Cross is TikTok. And that's the end of the show. What a, what an ending. So what I will say about the match, as advertised, was really good. I will say, it, I, will, I can't say I'm disappointed because the match was great. However, I'm, I was thinking, should I put this in my list? I don't know, just because of the ending here, um, where, again, you knew it was going to happen. You knew that Kyle Riley was going to make an appearance here, maybe. I would say that, you know, kind of like what happened with the Young Bucks and MGF and Chris Jericho. I was expecting Finn Balor to be way more ruthless in this match, even though that's kind of his game and his kind of fighting style in general. But it wasn't really on that level. We just got a really damn good match between these two and then the ending. Uh, and then the ending kind of setting up pretty much the main events for both nights right there um, was, was great. It was absolutely great. What did you think? Um, I love the match. I don't think it's in my top 10 matches of the year so far. I think it was that lack of physicality that you said. It, it, I definitely feel like it was more cold and Balor, although it was both of them. were like It didn't feel like they wanted to hurt each other. It wasn't the same as a, a Finn Balor's match against Kyle O'Reilly or Pete Dunne. Now, when Finn Balor fights Karrion Cross, it's going to be that. And I, I, I honestly, I, I got so hyped when he said, "What took you so long?" And Karrion Cross was standing right there because it's not like the champion gets blindsided and he's shocked at who attacked him. It's like, no, I knew you were going to come for this. I knew you were going to be here. Just why did it take you so long? I've been waiting for you. So I love that. Kyle O'Reilly showing back up. Had a small feeling he'd do that. Didn't know. But um, there's your main events for NXT TakeOver Sand Deliver. Both nights. I'm just interested in what they're going to do with O'Reilly uh, Cole. Because you can't do a regular match. You can't just do a one-on-one. Um, again unsanctioned match kind of make it do a street fight like i don't know if you see it but the first time johnny organo fought tomaso champa the street I, was, I was pretty much gonna say that do absolutely that. do that that'd be awesome i mean we've never seen this on nxt but hell in a cell <laughs> oh man um listen so again when you think about the match and again completely on the same page with you i was thinking that you can definitely go the route here of what happened with champa and gargano again that first match they had that unsanctioned match was phenomenal i I would say that again i haven't seen all the great nxt championship matches or just great nxt matches as a whole that's been my favorite nxt match of all time so far i have yet to see like cole and gargano those guys when they had their match that five-star match and stuff like that so um but again i I think that adam cole and colorelli will will just absolutely tear the house down. You know, I think they can have not only a five-star match, best match of the year, but they can have one of the best matches in NXT history. Again, I just think that it's all there. It's all been set up since, since there are new Japan and ring of honor days, man, it's been just so many years in the making to have it on this stage of level. I I wish there was fans, man. I just, I just wish there was fans, but like, again, it just like 
their match at, at their whatever it is, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something unsanctioned for sure. A hell in a cell match that would be that would be historic. Also, you know? I will keep advocating first blood. That could work. Please. I think that could work. It works. Here, here's the thing, though, right? I feel like nowadays it's uh, the reason why maybe it doesn't have that same oomph. Maybe um, is because it's pretty easy to get kind of bladed up, you know. So maybe I just feel like these guys they don't o- only want to like make each other bleed. They just want to like ravage each other. And I think like what you said with Hell in a Cell man to be the first, I think it fits to be the first NXT Hell in a Cell match. I think it fits wholeheartedly. I think they should do it, you know, to be honest with you. So, man, it'd be insane because it fits. Like, think of all the great Hell in a Cell, like, matches. And it's like, yeah, this could only be solved by locking these two guys in here with no way of escaping. That's the thing with, like, I wouldn't do a steel cage because one of them can escape. Hell in a Cell, there's no escaping. You have to pin them or make them tap. So, yeah, I think Hell in a Cell would be a great idea. It'd make history. Um, as far, I think they do a normal match for Karrion Cross Finn Balor. Yeah. I hope they don't go the way of Karrion Cross kind of just murking Finn Balor and just like dropping him on his head like 30,000 times and Karrion Cross. I think it's going to be a, a lot more. I don't think they're going to do it. It'll be more even than uh, when he fought, I think, Keith Lee. It'll be, it'll be more even than when he fought Keith Lee. For the NXT title, that was was I don't think that was he didn't really destroy him that match. I mean, he definitely looked way more dominant. That's for sure. Um, when it comes to with him and Keith, him and Finn Balor, I I definitely you know I've seen some people in the comments like kind of kind of when I read kind of replies for WWE and stuff saying like you know man there's a possibility he might squash Finn Balor. I just don't think they would do that to Finn Balor. I think that the guy has had an amazing championship reign so far in his second title run. I wouldn't see why you I, I think they could put on a really good match. And again, I do think that Karen Cross will win it. I really do think he will. Um, just because kind of getting back the title that he never he never lost, sort of thing because of the injury after you know during the match with Keith Lee. Uh either way, man. Uh even though I do think that the Adam Cole Kyler Riley match could definitely just take the whole card to two days. Um I Cole, I mean I Finn Balor and Karen Cross should be an absolute beggar as well. So again, I got another yeah. For Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Remember how um The Rock and Mankind had that uh empty arena match? They could do an empty arena match. It had to be like the first thing. Where it's like, like unsanctioned, you only got you got one ref, everything anything goes, nobody's in the arena. It fits because nobody will be in the arena. Right. So it could work. I'm still all for Hell in a Cell. I've talked myself into doing a Hell in a Cell. You told you sold me to it just because. Listen, with the the problem with Hell in a Cell matches in WWE and in the main roster is that now it's not even like it's like the last resort. It's like okay, when it's the pay per view season, you have to be in the Hell in a Cell match for NXT. The, you know, to be the first one for a rivalry like this, I think it fits. I I think again, you know. Hell in a Cell used to be that stipulation that's only used for a couple of couple of feuds. You know, Batista and Triple H had a hell of a one. Edge and Undertaker, Undertaker, Randy Orton, the list goes on. Undertaker and Mankind, obviously. I mean, it just goes on. And to me, I think that Kyle O'Reilly and, and Adam Cole, it fits. It fits. It should happen. It also locks the other two members of the Undisputed Era out. Right. That could be another dynamic 
of them just standing, they have to stand there and watch two of their like closest like brothers kill each other. And they really can't do anything about it unless like they go like the gimmick of like having to be like a special ref, guest ref, which I don't think is gonna happen. I don't think so. Yeah. And still, I, I feel for Bobby Fish, dog. <laughs> He's just sitting at home and is like, what is going on? I wish I could be with my friends. No. Um, yeah, it's funny. And obviously, Roger Strong, we haven't seen him since he lost to Finn Balor and uh, Adam Cole doing what he did to him. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, I feel like Bobby Fish will, will be back probably in time to watch that match. I, I feel like they're going to be involved in some sort of way in that match, kind of maybe looking on or whatever. But that's NXT, man. NXT always good every single week. Again, excuse me, on Wednesdays, we had Dynamite. Check out our previous show. We talk about Dynamite there. We move on to the final show, the final WWE show of the week. We get WWE SmackDown, and this time we don't start the we don't start the episode with Roman Reigns like we do at pretty much every single week. We start off with Ashley Edge, and he pretty much says like, you know, I've been having kind of troubles with the way you know things have been handled here. You know, I, I win the Royal Rumble, I outlast twenty nine other people, but now we have Daniel Bryan getting a title shot, you know, before me at Fastlane, whatever. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes out and he says, listen, Edge, you know, you know, the amount of respect that I have for you. Um, but I was thinking about me. I wasn't thinking about you. This could be my final chance to get, to get some glory and to get some championship gold in the WWE in my last run in my last shot to be, to be a main event at WrestleMania. So I'm going to take it. And then Edge said, and then pretty much Edge kind of responds saying, you know, again, I respect you as well. But you sh- you could have done these things a lot better, and then Edge walks off. So that's the opening segment there. Again, I feel like that this could possibly lead into a triple threat situation at WrestleMania, which we'll talk about a little later. But let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we get the first match, which is the Street Profits and the Mysterios taking on Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, the, the SmackDown Tam- Tag Team Champions, and Alpha Academy Chad Gable and um, and Otis. Um, I will. I, I will say, I was a little hesitant about this match when they announced it. Not a bad one. I thought it was actually pretty fun, pretty fast-paced, pretty smooth, actually. Uh, but we move on to the end here. Room Mysterio gets a huge hot tag, clears the ring. Both Mysterios in a double 619 on Robert Roode, who snuck in a blind tag of Otis. Montez Ford finishes it off with that just absolute, like, crazy frog splash that he does every week from, like, the heavens, whatever. The air on this one. Yeah. He's... Montez Ford's great. He does that, and obviously they get the win there, so the faces get the win. What do you think of this match? This was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. And I thought it was just kind of like, oh, they're going to throw these people together. This was a really fun match, and everybody worked to make it look really fun. Um, I'm a little confused on where they're going to go with the tag titles because I'm not a fan of the Dirty Dogs. I don't know. Uh, Because... I don't know if you can make Street Profits versus Dirty Dogs the WrestleMania tag match. But I also don't know if Gable and Otis are good enough yet as a tag team to make it work for the tag title match at Mania. The Mysterios. So you could do the Mysterios versus the Street Profits. Maybe. And then you could have Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania in front of fans but I don't know where they're going to go with this. I do feel like the Dirty Dogs tag reign is probably going to come to an end at Fastlane. 
it definitely could. Here's what I want to see. Honestly, the whole big thing about WrestleMania that it's been established for several years now is the thoughts of WrestleMania moments. And to me, I think that the Mysterios, the son and father duo winning some sort of tag team gold at a WrestleMania, that, that's an easy moment to do. And I think that, and I think that would be cool. I gotta be real. I would like, I would really like to see it. So, but again, that tag match um, that that we got uh, on SmackDown again, like you said, I'm on the same boat with you. Funner than I would have expected. Pretty good stuff. We see Seth Rollins backstage. He does he again in another another snazzy suit. This time it's like a green little checkerboard sort of thing. Uh, he pretty much talks. So Caleb Braxton pretty much asks about the the swing that happened. He doesn't want to talk about it. However, she mentions that Cesaro is going to do another rematch with Murphy, and Seth Rollins is like, oh, okay. He obviously takes intrigue to it. The, the match is going to start to Zarwin Murphy for, for the second time. And by the way, Murphy has been absolutely crazy on Instagram. He's pretty, he's tweet, he's, which to me, I feel like it's almost part of the storyline. Maybe it's not, you know, kind of saying how, like, you know, he's pretty much being underutilized, stuff with this. He's talking about the whole Mysterio Leah thing that's happening that was, excuse me, that used to happen. And he was saying he should go back to NXT. And he, they don't even reference that on SmackDown, which makes me believe maybe it's real thoughts. I don't know. I'll ask you about that in a little bit, but we get to the match here. Um, and uh, again, I feel like this time around, Cesaro gets more in on on Murphy than last time. However, we got a really cool um, kind of commercial break, move into commercial break where like Cesaro like throws Murphy out of the ring. He goes, he gets Murphy. And in the camera, Murphy just like this diving knee right to Cesaro's face as we get into commercial break. That was really cool to see. But uh, we get, but, and also Seth Rollins is watching at the top of the ramp there. Um, but Murphy jumps right into a giant swing from Cesaro, which sets off Rollins. So Rollins gets into the ring and he attacks Cesaro. Uh, and he does two, two curb stomps and he's about to do a third one, uh, to on a steel chair, but officials stop it, uh, and saves him. And then afterwards, as Seth Rollins is going backstage, he runs into Shinsuke Nakamura. And Shinsuke Nakamura, he just stares at him all, all, you know, and Rollins is like, what are you going to do about it? And then he, he walks off. I mean, yeah, hell yeah. JP, thoughts on the match, thoughts on the afterwards, thoughts on Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins? The match was fine. It was a Buddy Murphy versus Cesaro, which you're going to get is average to good. It was a, it was an average match. It was good. Um, Please. Please involve Shinsuke in this because Shinsuke and Cesaro were a tag team and it kind of dissolved that without any explanation when Shinsuke went on that one week run where we thought he was going to get the universal title. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't our finest moment. It wasn't our finest moment, but he's definitely going to get involved in this Rollins versus Cesaro storyline. I won't be surprised if we get Rollins versus Nakamura at Fastlane. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if that's the thing that happens. And if we do, yeah, of course, absolutely. Give me that. Um, the whole thing with Buddy Murphy, I kind of have a joke explanation and kind of seriousness. So the joke explanation is Buddy Murphy's complaining about being underutilized and wants revenge. Buddy Murphy to retribution confirmed. He's going to put on one of those masks and they're going to call him uh, B-Bar. They're going to call him B-Bar. Why B-Bar? I don't know. I just or BJ <laughs> or base. There you go. He's base. There you go. There you go. Based. <laughs> Based Murphy. But um, in all seriousness, I mean, I feel like it's kind. 
it's kind of real. Like he's really feeling that way. So of course they're not going to mention it on SmackDown. I wouldn't mind seeing him go to NXT because I think the matches there could be really fun. And it'd be better than just kind of sitting around, well, being swung around by Cesaro. Yeah, I, I just find it weird because, again, like, you know, he's been posting that stuff on Instagram and he's still getting kind of like his first kind of stuff on SmackDown in a long time. And again, he's kind of been being used to kind of built up Cesaro there and what's happening with Seth Rollins. So it's weird because I, I thought it was part of the storyline. Like, maybe he'll use it in a storyline to talk about what happened, but I guess it's re- maybe it's real and they're making him pay by being in these squash matches. I'm not so sure. Um, so we'll see what happens with Buddy Murphy again. The last time we saw him, he was with Leo Mysterio, and there's no mention of that at all. So maybe they're just kind of done with that. And I think he said in one of those comments that he was just like, like uh, he was just only helping her acting career. I'm like, okay, Murphy, calm down, bro. Okay. Relax. Yeah, re- <laughs> relax. Um, but we move on from that. We get to the KO show with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Those two are going to face Tamina and Natalia. Those two are talking about, um, I, well, before that, excuse me, Sami Zayn tries to get Kevin Owens to join his documentary crew um, to expose WWE, and KO kind of like shows him off. And then Sami says, like, listen, I know you're trying to shove me off and stuff, but like, but then Ke- Kevin Owens says, like, well, I'll think about it. So maybe they come back together. We'll see. I don't know. Because we have to think about what's happened with Kevin Owens, obviously, after the whole Roman Reigns stuff happened. But, um, Oh, before we talk about the KO show, I, I, this is one segment I wanted to talk about. Um, so the whole thing we saw, we talked about Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with, you know, Nia Jax really with Reginald. Um, we saw a segment, look <laughs> at JP's face. We saw a segment of Nia Jax taking Reginald shopping. They went on a shopping spree. Um, and just as you imagine, you know, he's trying on suits. Nia Jax is hyping him up. And uh, I really did not know how to feel in the, about this. The one thing I did find, find hilarious, though, is that we found shots of Shayna Baszler kind of like just on her phone, not giving a crap at all about it. And I just like, Shayna, what do you think? And Shayna just looks up on her phone like this. Like, I don't care. I thought that was great. But I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think it's, you know, Sean Ross Sapp, who, right, who's like, I think he's a managing editor for Fightful. He loved it. <laughs> and to me, I'm just like, I don't know, Sean. I just, I, again, it's just, I'm not a huge fan. I don't mind the whole Nia Jax original thing, whatever. And, and people are kind of alluding it to like the unfinished storyline of Nia Jax and Enzo Amore. Kind oh, of like no. Like that. <laughs> um, but now we have Reginald and yeah. Let me ask you about that first before we get into the KO show. What did you think of that shopping spree segment? Why? That's just it. Why do, why do we keep doing this? You're turning Reginald into James Ellsworth. And we don't need him to be James Ellsworth. And I don't find, I don't understand why he needs to be involved in every woman's storyline. It takes away from the women in the storyline. So like, I could do without it, honestly. Yeah. So here's the part I was talking about when we I kind of alluded this to this on Raw. I don't mind kind of Reginald dealing with Shayna Baszler and Ajax. This is my problem. 
we get the KO show with, with, with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. They're talking about who's the best. And it's great. It's good stuff. This is what we want to see. Part of that is them arguing about Reginald. You know, and Bianca Belair tells Sasha Banks, like, you know, you're entertaining Reginald, which, let's be honest, she's right. <laughs> I'm taking, I, you know, you, you know me, I, I Sasha Banks my favorite, but Bianca's right on this, you know? Um, and she's saying, you know, you're entertaining him. This is all your fault sort of thing. They're just kind of bickering at each other, which is great to see, obviously, of a match at WrestleMania. But they're also facing Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, at Fastlane for the Tag Team Championships. Stupid, but it's going to happen. Um so then, of course, who comes down to the ring? It's 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 Baszler, it's Jax, it's all, and arrives with Reggie as as Nia Jax likes to call him. Um, and obviously, it's, they're setting up a match between Nia Jax. Uh, excuse me, they're setting up Banks and Belair versus Tamina and Natalia, who could possibly possibly be in the w- women's tag team championship picture in the future. Possibly, they have like it's kind of like matching sort of excuse me, matching kind of garb uh, that they're wearing to the ring. Um. I mean, Madge is not really that great, but we, we kind of get to the ending here where Reginald gets involved to stop the referee from catching a clear victory from the faces. Uh, there's a point where, again, because Tamina and Shane are on commentary, and Reginald is showing off what he like got, his suits, on, on the announce table. Um, which, by the way, I forgot to mention this, but Michael Cole's reaction after that shopping spree segment was the funniest thing that night. He looked straight dead ass into the camera with no reaction for like a couple seconds. It was amazing. Please, I mean, I need that. I need that like gif. But uh, but then after that, Sasha Banks goes on top of the announce table with Reginald and is chasing him through the ring. Reginald goes in the ring. Sasha is going, you know, in between the match. And then what happens? Tamina rolls up. Bianca Belera, she's kind of paying attention to them for the one, two, three. Bianca Belair getting pinned. But afterwards banks and belair they fight and this is the one thing i put on twitter there is just like i like how belair you you can see that they're, they're, they are fighting but again all because of how what's going with reginald now a lot of tweets have been going on about this about like you know they're really making it hard for themselves this is the easiest one of the easier things to book is bianca belair and sasha banks i agree it's really not that hard again i'm not i have not i'm not a booker i'm not a promoter I don't know. Okay. But you you don't need Reginald in this to, 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 you don't need Reginald. You don't need Reginald. And again, to me, it takes almost a little bit away from this. So to me, I hope after Fastlane, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, they are done with this whole Reginald thing. They can mention him once or twice, but that should not be the main thing that they're fighting about. They want to fight about who is the best in, in, in the women's division, who's the best in the world. That's what they should be fighting about. Not about Reginald. That is my only complaint with this whole thing that's happening with Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Again, that is possibly my, my, my most hyped-up match for WrestleMania. I, I like the Universal Championship matchup that they're going with, but it's easy money. JP, what do you think? What do you think of the match? I mean, more so, what do you think about maybe just Reginald's involvement in all of this? This, is, this was such an easy angle to book for this SmackDown Women's title match. And somehow they had, they had to involve Reginald. There's no reason. It takes away from the actual competition of who is the best. That is the crux of it. You don't need Reginald egging people on. In fact, you don't need you. You could have left Reginald with Carmella. Didn't need to be involved in this. Um, the match itself, again, too much Reginald. I I need it to stop. You can have it in like bits and spurts, but it's too much. 
And like I said, it's just, WWE amazes me with how they screw things up sometimes. Cause this is so easy. They were hand given one of the biggest matches in SmackDown women's title history. And they're screwing it up by adding Reginald into everything. I swear, if Reginald was involved in this past fast lane, what's the point? It's gonna take the hype down for the match at Mania to so, so much lower because you know he's gonna get involved and you don't really need that. So please remove him from this whole angle. They, they, they really should. Again, I, I'm I'm really thinking, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying that past Fastlane, we're not going to see uh, Reginald involved. But again, you know, I don't think Sasha Banks and then Bianca Belair are going to win uh, the, the Women's Tag Team Championships at Fastlane. So I, I just hope they don't. And again, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say that they're definitely not going to have him involved. Like, imagine watching that WrestleMania match and Reginald gets involved. That way, it would just be an absolute travesty if Reginald is involved in a WrestleMania match with those two. It would just it would it would just be awful. So I'm hoping that they don't. But we go ahead and move on here. Are we talking about Re- Reginald's going to win the title? Listen, you're, you're, you've been you've been crazy this year. You said that Ric Flair was going to win the Raw Women's Championship at one point, and now you're saying Reginald. You said Ric Flair, excuse me, was going to win the Raw Women's Championship, and now you're saying that Reginald's going to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. That that women's division is pretty pretty good with Ric Flair and Reginald. I still got time. That Survivor Series match would be lit. We're good. Okay, we're good. Okay, There's no still time for Ric Flair. No, no, no more, no more, please. No more about this. Uh, but we get the return of Big E, the Intercontinental Champion, after his injury. He comes out like in a neck cast and crutches, but he fakes it. It's really, he's, he's fine after getting attacked by Apollo Crews. Afterwards, we saw the Apollo Crews, the, the absolute kind of the Nigerian royalty, the gimmick that he's in right now. I have to ask you this one thing. I, I'm, I'm guessing you saw Dave Meltzer's comments on Apollo Crews' new gimmick. Uh, Dave Meltzer, who is a white man, said that it is incredibly racist and stereotypical what they are doing. But I think um, so. I, I want you. I want you to give your thoughts on that because when I saw them, like I, I mean, again, I don't think so. But that's just I'm, I'm, I'm white as well. So I wanted to ask you. Also, I think we saw the the Nigerian presidential aide actually uh, praise it. So, so excuse me, Dave, but I'm gonna you know, trust his opinion. JP, what's your thoughts on, on Dave Meltzer's comments and, and, and just thoughts on the gimmick itself? What, what, what do you think? Dave needs to take a break <laughs> from the computer, turn off the phone, and go outside. Please. It is not that deep. It's not racist or stereotypical, in my opinion. I feel like we've come to, like, assume that every Black person who, like, starts to recognize their own culture is racist or stereotypical when that's just their culture. Like that's really Apollo Crews who on the Indies went as Uha Nation, which is Nigerian, it's a Nigerian name. I don't, I don't think it's stereotypical. I don't think it's racist. Now, I don't know, man. Really, it really just, Dave Nelson needs to step out, just need to go outside. Plus the Nigerian aide to the president, he said it was fine. He endorsed it wholeheartedly. 
it's really not that deep. Let me ask you this as well, because um, I think the, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to see what the reasoning was. I guess they're saying that maybe if like Apollo Crews didn't like propose this as an idea, they had the creative team, which is mostly white uh, from my last understanding, kind of proposed this. Maybe that's why they're saying that. But again, it's like the argument where like, I see people on, on Twitter saying like, oh, they, I, I guess the creative team really watched Coming to America too the other day or, or knows about Black Panther. I'm like, dude, like, just stop. <laughs> like, stop. If, if the creative team were the ones that came up with this, it would have been just like Coming to America too, or Black Panther. But no, Apollo Crews probably came up with this. That's what I think. And again, it really shows that Dave Meltzer and like Wrestling Observer really doesn't have a lot of... Uh, black people that work for them or write for them they don't. They don't. because I feel like this is a very important time and a very important gimmick where ask a black person, ask a Nigerian person, ask an, ask an African American person what they think about this gimmick, about this character. And really, man, it's, it's like I said, if WWE were to come up with this gimmick, it would have been just like coming to America too. It'd have been the whole get up and everything. You might say it was from the Zamunda too. It it would have been terrible. Oh my God. That would actually be bad if they did that. That would that would be bad. Um but again I just feel like from the way about that Apollo Cruz has been conducting himself as of late, he just looks more comfortable, which which makes makes me believe that he did kind of come up with this and maybe pitched it and they said absolutely and he's really rocking with it. Um, but we get back to the promo here, Biggie. He pretty much cuts an impassioned promo. Listen, this is the Biggie that I that I would love to see more. I love the Biggie we love, where it's like you know that he he can joke around, he can do this stuff. But when he needs to get passionate, he gets passionate, and that's exactly what he does. He talks to Apollo Cruz and he tells him, like, "Listen, he'll give Cruz one more title shot, but only to give him what he deserves." And he's telling him to come out there. How he kind of took two weeks away from him from from his health and stuff like that. I thought the Biggie promo that he cut was absolutely fantastic. Biggie's obviously great, uh, but he's he and he offers him to come to the ring, uh, Apollo Cruz for for an intercontinental title shot. He doesn't come out, and he says, "Okay, since that, I'm gonna set up an open challenge," which was answered by King Corbin, and he was kind of doing his own little promo. But then Sami Zayn arrives and accepts the challenge before King Corbin could really do it, and he runs to the ring ahead ahead of King Corbin. So now it's gonna be Sami Zayn um, against. Uh, Biggie, not a bad match. Uh, actually, these two are, do pretty good. Um, again, a little bit brief, but again, Sami Zayn, he was, he, I guess, he was owed a rematch after he lost the title to Biggie in that lumberjack match. I think that was on Christmas Day, maybe. Um, but we, we see kind of Zayn kind of looking out of his element there, but he manages to gain control of this. He has a sunset foot power bomb, uh, with a kick out because, and then Biggie, um, pretty much it took advantage of, of Sami Zayn losing his cool. Uh, and he was like slapping. He was slapping Biggie over and over again to set off Biggie, who just after that, he's absolutely went um, crazy, hit a big ending for the one, two, three as he's celebrating. Apollo Crews' theme song hits, and he's looking around for him. He's looking at the ramp, but Apollo Crews was coming from behind, and then he hits two Olympic slams um, on Biggie that took him out there, and then. Um, that it was great. Obviously, some still steps to the faces there as well. So we're gonna get those two for the Intercontinental Championship match at Fastlane. Uh, JP, thoughts on the match itself? Thoughts on the ending and thoughts on that match at Fastlane? Um, 
this Biggie promo was fantastic. Um, you could hear the passion. I remember um, in the WWE 24 that was just done about Biggie. He talked about how like being the son of a gospel preacher and a pastor helps him a lot in his promos. And you can tell because he speaks with an intensity, a fire, and he's really motivated. It sounds awesome. Um, the match itself, brief, like you said, but it was Biggie and Sami Zayn. It was going to be good. I enjoy personally that um, Apollo Crews uses the Olympic Slam because nobody else outside of Kurt Angle really does that move. I mean, I think Roger Strong used it for a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't use it as like a finishing move. I like that Apollo Crews uses it as a finisher. This this seems destined for WrestleMania, so I feel like there's going to be a screwy finish at Fast Lane. Um, but I feel like this is destined for WrestleMania. Um. I think it's going to happen. Again, maybe a screw finish will happen in Fastlane. Um, I wouldn't mind a match at WrestleMania whatsoever. I think that, that those two can really go, and I think they could put on a kind of a, a really sneaky dark horse kind of match of the night, depending on, you know, obviously the rest of the card there. So go with that as well. We move on to the uh, main event segment, the contract signing between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns as they're signing their the contract for their match at Fastlane. And obviously they come to the ring, and Roman Reigns gets on the mic and says, "Listen, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sign this. I changed my mind. I, I, I don't think you, you deserve this at all." Um, so, uh, actually, real quick, before this, we got a really good segment on uh, Edge talking to Jay Uso, and he stops him because Jay Uso was trying to talk to Roman Reigns upon him and says to come back later, or whatever, and then. He, he pretty much, Edge tells Jey Uso, like, hold on, let me stop you for a bit, man. Jey Uso's kind of a little hesitant, but, you know, Edge kind of re- reminisces on the past, like, hey, you know, I remember seeing you and your brother when, when your father brought you in and on past shows when you were a kid, we were playing around with you, and, and you see Jey Uso kind of, like, smiling and kind of, like, going back on the times there. It was really good to see them kind of being a little vulnerable there, but he says, like, but, man, what are you doing right now? What does your father think of this? You know, stuff like that, and, and Jey Uso kind of just says, like, you know, just, just worry about yourself. Just worry about yourself, Edge. Just let, let me be. Let me do what I, what I got to do for my family. Um, so back to the contract signing again. Roman Reigns is telling me, you know, you don't deserve this, whatever. Um, so, but then Daniel Bryan gets in the mic and says, you know, pretty much like just making him mad. And he was pretty easy to do. He is like, oh, you know, then, then I guess you know maybe I could be head of the table now since you're not gonna do this and. It was actually hilarious just to see Roman Reigns' face. He's like, give me the pen. Give me the pen. He's like signing the contract. And Reigns is like getting really happy there. It was great. Um, And then as soon as he, I just thought it was hilarious. As soon as he signs it, like Jey Uso gets the the table and just throws it out of the ring. I just found this, I just found that hilarious. Excuse me. Um, But, uh, but again, like Daniel Bryan, they're kind of, he's kind of standing tall there. Um, and then Edge arrives, and he arrived because Jay Uso pretty much said, "Hey, listen, we need a special enforcer in this match, and, and I think it, it should be me to call this right down the middle." And Edge comes out and says, "You know what? That's a great idea. However, I think it should be me. How about next week I make my appearance on SmackDown, and like since like ten years ago, and whoever wins that match is the special enforcer." And Adam Pearce is like, "Sure, sounds good to me." So then Edge comes into the ring. He immediately goes at Roman Reigns and, and Jey Uso, and he throws Jey Uso out of the ring, and he's attacking Roman Reigns. And then 
Edge and Jim Ryan tries to attack Roman Reigns with him. Edge pushes him back, hits Roman Reigns one more time. He goes out of the ring, Roman Reigns. Edge turns around. He takes a running knee right to the face from Daniel Bryan while he's in the ring. I, I, I was chanting the yes chance. I thought that was great, which again, and that's the end of the show. Again. So first of all, JP, thoughts on the segment? Uh, and second of all, by that ending, do you think we're going to see Jane O'Brien possibly in that triple threat match at WrestleMania? So I would really love this segment because there are so many combustible elements here. You know, you have Edge talking with Jey Uso saying like, is this what your dad really wants? Is this what you want? And like kind of goading him on. Um, there's, of course, Edge and Roman. If Edge is the ultimate opportunist, Daniel Bryan should be the ultimate agitator because the way he can just get Roman Reigns to just do stuff is hilarious. I'm enjoying this, all of this. Nobody in this whole angle misses at all. I think we're going to see Daniel Bryan in that triple threat match because I can already kind of see, I can see it now of what's going to happen, in my opinion, or what I think should happen. So Edge is going to beat Jey Uso next week. He's going to be a special enforcer or a special like ring, a special ref for this match. He's going to spear Daniel Bryan during the match and cost him the title because he doesn't want him in that match. Daniel Bryan is going to get his rematch with a real referee at WrestleMania and make it a triple threat. And I have no problem with that. Daniel Bryan, for my money, is the best wrestler of all time. Like, the best in the ring. Absolute best. Um, as far as best in the world right now, I mean, it depends on eye of the beholder, I guess. But he's on a great run right now. Roman Reigns doesn't miss. Edge doesn't miss. They... They covered all combustible elements and smaller parts to this story in like a 30 minute segment, which is perfect. So I really love this. I'm loving where they're going. I mean, that it's been the whole debate now on, on social media, on wrestling Twitter or on the IWC where it's like, you know, who do you, do you mind Daniel Bryan being in the triple thread match? I don't mind it at all. In fact, I think he adds to the match. It's not like any other person. Like it's not like every time a triple threat match ups the stakes. To me, that's not true. Like if you were to add Braun Strowman to this match, I think that would hey, be hey, awful. Hey, 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 let's not let's not let's not get too crazy. They might is that get too crazy? No, but again, some people add to a triple threat match, and some people maybe just diminish it. I don't really care. Daniel Bryan adds to it. And again, I, right now, seeing how he's interacted with Edge, again, he's not like there's the respect is there, but he's still they're all after the title there. And and Daniel Bryan has that storyline where it's like you know. This is my one last shot to possibly main event in WrestleMania, get my get another WrestleMania moment by winning the title. I don't mind it at all. And again, at WrestleMania, it depends. Like, you know, maybe they're just putting Daniel Bryan in there to eat a pin, you know, so that Edge pins him, doesn't pin Roman Reigns, wins the title, or it's the opposite. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I think it'll be great. I just think it adds to it. And it was another good segment there. That was an awesome segment for Friday Night SmackDown. And that's the week. So we covered Monday Night Raw, NXT, Friday Night SmackDown. Once again, if you want to listen to our thoughts on the, on the AEW Dynamite and Revolution, check out our past episode. Um, and again, we covered a little bit of, of news here and there as well. So that's going to do it for us. Again, 
We have we have the same shows again this week. And also we have Fastlane this Sunday. We're going to do a predictions episode of that for sure. We also want to record that WWE AEW podcast, that kind of match card that we want to do, like our dream matches in those two companies. We're going to probably do that this week as well. So a lot of content for you guys. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube page. Follow us on Twitter at Yale underscore sell streaming platform support us there. Uh, personally for my Twitter at Zach Weinberger, all my writing stuff are, is going to be in the bot is going to be in the bio do stuff for, you know, freelance for the Ford stuff for, for you press online. Uh, it's uh, other stuff coming on the way as well. It should be exciting. So JP and at JP's Twitter at a cost of 32 underscore JP, JP, mm-hmm. where else can they find you? Um, pretty much in the bio, right. For the university press. I also write for the big, for big cat country, right about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the NFL in general. Um, looking to expand, you know, I was on the entertainment podcast for you press play. So I'm slowly making my way around. I will soon have world domination when it comes to the University Press podcast. I will be everywhere. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me right now. Uh, got some big things coming up. So just make sure to follow along. Absolutely, man. Again, also do a, a nerd pod with Jacob Brown. You can find it at the nerd pod too. Big week. You oh, know, yeah. JP knows this. Listen, you got Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out this Thursday. Getting some really awesome reviews. I am is the world really excited to see a Thursday. So check out that. Check out the next pod for that. I'm also going to be writing that review for the newsletter for you press. Subscribe to the newsletter. You get to see it firsthand before it gets on the website. So that's going to do it for us at Yell in a Cell. Again, support us. We're, we're new. And again, big things on the way. So have a good day, guys.